BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, and I am excited for this one. Uh, this is with a jiu-jitsu prodigy hailing from Australia. He uh, he left Aussie Shores uh, as a teenager, moved to New York to train at one of the best gyms in the world, slept on the mats, like literally decided as a kid that he wanted to be the best in the world and that to do that, he had to train more than anybody else in the world and then he just did it and then now he is the best in the world. Uh, it's a pretty incredible story and Levi is just a super, super awesome person just very like genuine and nice um and so dedicated to what he does and there's just no ego around it at all um and it was a real pleasure to sit down and and get to talk to him and pick his brain about jiu-jitsu and his mindset and competitions and uh and i guess just his general outlook on life uh, big shout out to one of our sponsors uh, on this episode of the podcast uh, and all our combat sports episodes uh, is Combat Nutrition. Uh, we rolled together, we trained together at the CMBT training facility in Burley. Uh, it was a pretty fun little day. You might have saw the video on our Instagram TV, um, but Levi and I got a training session in. Uh, we went and got some lunch and then we uh, come into the studio to record the podcast. So massive thank you to the guys at C. CMBT for not only the supplements uh, and help with the nutrition, which is a part of my daily routine uh, and my daily training routine, but also to that facility just to be able to pop in there right across the road from the studio, get in some training uh, and do the podcast. It really was a great day. And and man, Levi's Jiu-Jitsu is just insane. Um, It was extremely (laughs) eye-opening to to get to train for an hour with him um, and a, a really rewarding experience. So big thanks to Levi for that. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Dry Times. You can head to drytimes.com. Pretty much the best town in the world. You can use the code EGYPTYGANG to get 15% off. Winter's common. And that means Dixon flannels. You can head to dixonquality.com.au. Uh, I've just got some fresh flannels. And man, there is nothing better than popping the tag on a Dixon flannel. You can use the code GYPSYGANG to get 15% off uh, your own if you've never had the pleasure of popping a Dixon tag. Those flannels are so crisp crisp when you first wear them. Uh, we're also bought to you by the guys at Cricks Tweed. Uh, you can head to crickstweed.com.au, uh, get the number, ask for Kyle. He is the man at Cricks. And look, 
those guys have a huge range of new and used cars. Um, I drive a Mitsubishi Triton uh, from those guys, and in the past year, I've yeah, I absolutely love that car. Uh, the guys at Cricks have awesome after-sale servicing, literally a one-stop shop for anything that you need. So massive shout out to those guys. Um, that's it for me. I think uh, lots of great podcasts on the way. I hope everybody has been enjoying the content. Uh, I've been enjoying bringing everybody um, the content that we have in the past couple of months. It's been absolutely massive um, just in terms of downloads, pardon me, uh, downloads and views on YouTube. Um, so thank you for supporting the show. Um, you can head to gypsytales.com if you want to get some merch. Uh, you can also subscribe to both our YouTube channels. The content that we'll be dropping from this podcast will be on the Gypsy Tales podcast YouTube channel. So give us a sub to both of those. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate Levi. The guy is a certified G. The Xanadu God. Levi Jones Leary. Levi yeah. Jones-Leary, welcome to Gypsy Tales Podcast, my Thank friend. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. This studio is lovely. The vibes are mellow and extravagant, and I'm having a great time already. Yeah, so we've had, uh, for people that are just listening, there'll be a video that we're dropping with this podcast. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, went down. You're staying in Bangalore, like kind of Byron Bay area. Yeah. Um, went down, scooped up the boy. We went and had a bit of a roll. Um, it was pretty epic. And then just gave you like the little tour of Burley. Mm-hmm. Um, you've spent a lot of time overseas and then now into the mm-hmm. podcast. So for mm-hmm. me, really good day. And I am uh, extremely happy to have you here as well. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming and yeah, actually picking me up. Like I can't, like I totally can't drive. So yeah, that was, that was, that was amazing. I really <laughs> appreciate that. So it makes sense though, because so for people that aren't into jujitsu, they yeah. probably won't know uh, a lot of your story. But for mm-hmm. people that do, you've spent a lot of your life living in New York. Uh-huh. Um, so I think you get a pass on the driver's license that's, because that's really there's good. not many people that drive cars. I have like York. a bunch of different like procrastinations and like like justifications to like not getting it from like um, I'm saving the planet to like just <laughs> like I just can't be fucked. So yeah, to yeah, living in New York. So it's good. So we'll start, we'll, we've, we've purposely tried not to go super deep in our conversations. Um, yeah. Cause I wanted to save a bunch for the podcast. Yeah. But from what I've gathered so far, you mm-hmm. start jujitsu at 15. Yeah. And then you never stop jujitsu. That's kind of the long, uh, that's kind of the short version of your life. And you end up being essentially a jujitsu prodigy. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I start... I started training um, when I was 15. Uh, I was doing at, uh, I was at, I was in year nine at school, going to year 10. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, in year 10. And we, we went, we did a, we did a course at school called um, Links to Learning. Yeah. And it was like, they took all the, they took all like the naughty kids of the year. And you don't have to go to school for like one day a week. You don't have to go to school. Really? There was like, there was like 10 of us or something in the class. And one day a week, you don't have to go to school. They take you to do like a different activity, like every week. It was every Thursday, and um, yeah, one week they took us to do jujitsu, and uh, like I was with my friend. I was with all my friends, you know, because 
I was friends with everyone in that class. The rat pack. Yeah. <laughs> There's just people that just didn't, school wasn't for them, yeah. you know, for whatever reason that might have been. Maybe it's because they had bad AD, undiagnosed ADHD or yada, yada, yada. Like just, shit families and stuff like that. Yeah. Some people just don't fit into the school, like the the, the school system just doesn't work for them, yeah. you know? And um, I was one of those people. And, uh, but anyway, we were, um, we, so we went to this links, we went to this jiu-jitsu class and, um, it was just really fun. I had a great time. Um, and you know, at the time I was dealing with, you know, a bunch of, you know, tiny insecurities here and there. Uh, I had my first ever, um, serious relationship at the time, um, with, with, uh, with this, with this girl, we were, you know, we were pretty much like living together and, and she really? was, yeah, she was like a big part of my life, um, at the time. And, um, I, I had, there were certain situations where I just felt like, I don't know, different, like kind of insecure. I definitely was insecure at the time, like insecure at the time, but like, uh, I don't know. And I thought in terms of like getting beat up or like not being able to protect yourself or did it feel like a rough area and you were scared or there was just like certain situations like, um, where it felt like, uh, cause she was kind of like, she'd always be like trying to like start shit with other people, you know? And, and, um, I just, you know, I, I just, I felt like I wanted to be kind of like tougher or something, you know, it was, it it was, I started from, it was insecurity kind of thing I started from, you know? And then, um, but you're, so your mate that you started with, you were saying that he'd been training sort of secretly and you thought he was just like some natural fucking killer that was this badass dude and yeah it was really was, funny he was like kind of bashing everybody but he'd been sort of like secretly training yeah it was really funny he's my, my friend daniel and um and he was always like the tough kid at school like he was like super like everyone just thought he was like abnormally strong which he kind of was for like his size and uh but he yeah he just used to he used to like beat up like the older tougher kids like yeah at the skate park and I, it was just like respected in the school for like yeah. being like the tough kid. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And he'd always like, kind of like, I don't know, like kind of like beat up on us sort of in like a, yeah. But he, like he, a friend's guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was secretly doing jiu-jitsu the entire time. It was really funny. And then, um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then I basically found out like when we start, like when I started and then, and then, um, and then I just started watching like a bunch of YouTube videos and that like on jiu-jitsu and it was it was it was like an MMA gym where I first went into yeah. to kind of you know I don't know I just kind of liked it I felt like good about myself already my confidence felt good and and stuff like that and then um it was getting like I felt like it would be good for my confidence and then um and then and then I started getting into jiu-jitsu like online like watching YouTube videos what like, was around then mm, then it was all about like uh for me it was all about like the Meow Brothers, yeah, and uh, Keenan Cornelius, which were funny because they weren't even black belts yet, mm. but they were like the hottest commodities in jiu-jitsu. You know, everyone was following their color belt careers. You yeah. know, and uh, I just got mad into that. I got mad into the Meow Brothers, and it was more all about, it was more all about all the videos and stuff. There were like these lifestyle kind of training videos and stuff yeah. on like how these people are becoming the best in the world. With like Stuart Cooper stuff. Yeah, Stuart Cooper. He was a bit later, but like uh, Lloyd Irvin was making yeah. these videos, like these videos. Because Keenan was at Lloyd Irvin, right? Yeah, and there was like these little videos of like the Meow Brothers training in um in Cicero Costa and stuff like that, and it was like, 
it was like they're these tiny tiny twins like super tiny and they're beating like people in every weight division like they're light featherweights winning um you know uh open weight world championship titles you know at like the lowest weight division winning open weight every year you know so um so i'm like wow how do these guys do that and then from there i started like just there was the content out there and and the meow brothers and keenan at the time they were like notorious for not notorious um they were they were well known and like recognized for like how they how they trained at the time especially the meow brothers because they were like these these kids who lived at the gym yeah um and they just trained like you know like 10 hours a day or some some shit like that and then they just <laughs> got yeah. they just got like mad good and then i kind of like that was when we're talking in the car i was like that was when i realized like oh that's how you get fucking good at something you just do it like you just do it heaps and i was like fuck i can get i can become the best in the world at this in like seven years if i just do this if i just like i wrote out like a schedule like if i just do this okay if i just do like this many hours every week like i was i set a goal i think it was like I think it was like 30 hours every week of just wow. jiu-jitsu or like 25 to 30 hours a week of jiu-jitsu i was like okay if i just do this and i was like trying to like explain it to my family i was like look look if i just do this 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 for this long like i'm gonna be here you know i'm gonna be here and um they're like yeah but you can't everyone's like yeah but you can't just put all your eggs in one basket you know like yeah and i'm like yeah no you can that's what you did <laughs> that's what they did yeah you just put all your eggs in one basket yeah. you know and um and then yeah that's how it started and then i just started just going from there and then um i think just being in that mindset led me to like want to be in these places and you know train with them and then i got like a job delivering furniture saved up um a few months a few months rent for new york left new york trained at, at the gym when i got to unity i'm like okay look the meows are training this much i just need to train more than the meow brothers you know so i just made i got there and i'm just like okay so however, however much they're training i just need to train more than them so i just started training 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 and then that's how i started developing like a good relationship with marillo yeah um because i didn't know much i knew he was a he was a he was a beast i knew he was amazing um incredible but i didn't know much about him at the time before i went there and then and then he saw like i was like i had like a lot of dedication i was putting in work and then from then he offered he's like you can just you sleep on the mats you can just sleep on the mats you can stay here live at the gym um and yeah and then from there it was just like yeah so that is the story of you not having your driver's license essentially that's the reason yes it's perfect yeah full circle yes um that's why I have my driver's license so i couldn't be fucked <laughs> but so you what was your family situation like to then say that you're like oh, okay i'm gonna just gonna do this because that is such an abstract request from a 15 year old kid yeah my my mom is like the mo the like she's the best bring this closer my yeah my mom um so so um my mom and my dad split up um so a lot of the a lot of i grew up like a lot i grew up a lot with with my mom and then I only started saying at my dad's like a few nights a few nights a week um when i was like 10 or 11 after about uh, i think it was like 11 i started saying at my dad's a few nights a week because they ended up having this custody battle when i was yeah. like 10 or 11 but i was super attached like me and my mom were like mad close because it was just her 
and me um and she'll like we just we just my mom's like mad nice she'll do anything for me you know she's like one of the most loving people you could you could ever meet i know everyone probably says that about their moms but there is know? something different when you've like your dad's cut it out of the picture for a while and then like it's just yeah. you and your mom and that's like it's pretty hard to navigate the world as like a single mother yeah no my dad always my dad was always around but like i was like super attached to my like i couldn't even like i try to sometimes stay at my dad's place for like a night and i'd be like crying like the really? whole night like i couldn't do it like i yeah. couldn't i couldn't be away from my mom um until yeah until i think it was like even like I think like at 10 I started being able to like have sleepovers and shit. Yeah. But kind of going away from the story. But anyway, um so my bottom line is my mom doesn't care like like what I do. Like it doesn't matter like even it would be like um even throughout school like I never had to go to school if I didn't want to. Yeah, you know. Right. I'd like sometimes I'd wake up in the morning I'd be like, "Mom, I don't know what to do. Like I semi I semi can't be fucked going to school." And she'd be like, <laughs> Oh, you better just stay home just in case you go and you um, regret it. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know? unreal. Yeah, she's she's mad funny and she's mad nice. But she she was she was always like cared about my education sort of. She'd be like, "Okay, you're not going to school. Well, like just read a chapter of this like Charles Bukowski book yeah, or some shit." Right. And she'd be like, "Just just read like you know this." And she'd like kind of educate me through that. She'd be like, "Okay, read this um wow. like Deleuze a uh, chapter of this philosophy book or some shit like that." And I'd be like. Okay, usually like I'd read it, you know, just because yeah. I kind of I fuck with felt her. bad for your mom too. No, I fuck, <laughs> I fuck, and I always fucked with her taste. Like she always had, like yeah. she has like a good eye, um, and like I, I always, I always respected like her, her opinions, everything like that, and she always like let me do whatever. So when I, when I just said I'm like I'm not gonna go to school, she's like, oh, okay, cool, like cool, that sounds mad, like just do jiu-jitsu and um, and um, and yeah she was like she was she was mad supportive she'll always be like whatever you want to do just just do it ari when ari was in here yeah because he talked about like he got into jujitsu and he started like the mma thing and then he just went like full-blown jujitsu and one of the things like because i was kind of asking him like what is the thing that separates a guy like like you and levi and then he was like okay first of all there's a separation between me and levi so it's like there's this whole another category that that dude exists in which is crazy because he's so good yeah and what he said is just like no one works harder than that kid like even when he was a kid he was just like out working out drilling just it was just this constant thing and he just got so much better like where did that come from in in you because it's like it's kind of i guess a double-edged thing because you know you can say school's not for me yeah but you're smart as fuck like you can't be this good at jujitsu and do the things that you've done in your life and career without being a super smart dude so mm. there's obviously like i guess something clicked in the way that you learn even it's like school wasn't like a great way for you to learn mm. but you could learn through some some other stuff mm yeah i don't know like i think my I, I think going back to my mom as well i think she was a really good teacher because like just from a kid i was always treated like an adult mm. you know like even like when i was like a baby my mom would have like conversation she'd bring me into conversations like talk to me like like i was kind of like an adult she never yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense but um um yeah and then the work ethic i don't really know i don't know where the work ethic came from because 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 my 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 mom's like 
is she has no work ethic whatsoever she just cruises she doesn't care like like they're very kind of minimalist like they don't need much yeah um which almost like is like can be a a bad thing sometimes yeah because um um you know obviously there's negatives negatives to that as well but uh I'm not sure where the, where the work ethic came from. I think it was just, I just got inspired from those people in jiu-jitsu. That's when it happened. And I was like, I don't know why I wanted it so bad. I don't like it, it was, you just have to really want, yeah. want something. And I have no idea why I wanted to be like the best in the world at jiu-jitsu all of a sudden. But like, I really wanted it to like the point where I was like, I just wanted it so bad, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I, that's, that's one thing that was always like, confusing to me because like i remember being in like the shower one day like when i was first like a few months into training i'm like why the fuck do i want to be like a world champ like world champion so bad like i like it didn't make sense because it was so new to me as well Mm. and um i'd never kind of gotten that obsessed with something um so i I don't actually that's one thing i actually don't really know is why i wanted it so bad but i wanted it so so bad to the point where I was like, like willing to like, like I was just really passionate about getting it where it was like, like I'm either going to like get this or I'm going to like die trying kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Which is, which is, um, which is unusual for me. Cause I, yeah, I'm usually not that crazy yeah, about stuff. There's gotta be something that I don't know. Like, is it the, cause you said you weren't that good at it straight away. Yeah, I mean, no one's no one just no one, does yeah, jiu-jitsu and's like really good at yeah. it, you know. Um, but I don't know. Like, I guess I always knew like I could be good at some some sport, you know, because I was always kind of I was always good at like like I was I was fast runner in school. I was like mm. I was good at like um, I was kind of good at soccer, you know. Or I think for some reason I always thought. I was like, I could be a good athlete in something, you know? Mm. And, um, I think it was probably the urgency of like me coming like, um, out of like a, like a, like a, like going into an adult. Mm. Like I just had like, like, I just wanted to be really good at something sort of thing. And it was like, I guess I like, I found that thing, this thing. And it was sort of like, it was just um, an avenue to get good. Yeah. And it was like the last kind of like, I can become the best. I can become the best in the world in a sport you know still yeah i don't think i could have done that if it was like i mean looking back anything's anything's definitely possible but like like if it was like soccer or or tennis or like i don't know you know so you're kind of looking from the outside like this is still a pretty small sport and i could theoretically there's not that many people doing it to where i could be the best in the world at it yeah it's jiu-jitsu is weird like that like we're talking about it as well in the car like you can actually you can get really good at it just by doing it like more than anybody else. Like, and I guess you probably can apply that to anything in life. Yeah. But at the time it just seems so simple to me and, um, like simple, but like no one else is willing to, to, to do it kind of thing. Yeah. Like simple, but hard. Yeah. 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 That but makes it, sense. It's the simple part that, that I was really attracted to. Yeah. And I just, I just liked jujitsu cause it was like, I kind of wanted to, I was really inspired by Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Like I was the biggest Muhammad Ali fan. Like, really? Ever. Yeah. Just because, you know, of the insecurities that like I thought I had or whatever. And then, and then someone like Muhammad Ali, that's just kind of po- positive affirmation to himself into like, yeah, being this like bigger than life kind of 
like thing where you can just be like I am the greatest and then like all of a sudden you're like oh fuck like I am the greatest I am the greatest like <laughs> yeah. fuck and it feels good like it's so empowering you know and um I just want to like apply that to something yeah did you have like uh, I was too scared to box I want to get punched in the head I was too scared yeah yeah that makes sense <laughs> did yeah. you have like a um a thing where that like maybe jujitsu seemed like the clearest path because when you're, you know, like a kid and you're, you're in like that area and you didn't do that good in school and it's like, there probably wasn't a lot of paths that were very clear in the way that this was clear. Mm. And there's probably just like a little bit of security in, yeah, like the fact that it's simple and you could see a roadmap because I think that that's yeah. kind of the things that like i mean even for me with the podcast like yeah. i where what it does right now i'm like i could see that from day one mm. and i just felt like i just got i just keep doing it and keep doing it mm. and be myself and keep applying myself and it was always like even now i think about it i've got like five year ten year and mm. i have like no real goals attached to them mm. my only goal is to still be doing it Mm. at five years mm. and then still be doing it at 10 years and then That's i just cool. feel like I, I don't really have any plans around what I need to do in that time apart from just like sit in this fucking chair and talk to cool people. That's really cool. You know, and maybe yeah. maybe there was like a little bit of that for you where it was just like a very clear roadmap of yeah. what to do. Definitely, definitely. Like I could, yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. Like it was just like, yeah, I could, I could, I could see it all planned out. Like you, cause it, it's kind of interesting jiu-jitsu like that as well. Cause you have the color belt. Mm. road yeah up, you yeah. know like you can win you win worlds at blue belt then you win worlds at purple belt then you win worlds at brown belt and then you win worlds at black belt you know yeah it's like bam 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 and it's like it's like laid out and like okay so it's very easy to set your your um your like your sub goals to like your ultimate goal yeah you know so you got like your little blue belt worlds little purple belt worlds brown belt worlds and the ultimate black belt worlds and all of a sudden you're the best in the world you know yeah um so definitely definitely that was like uh, yeah, one of the, like the tantalizing kind of you know things. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So when you you're in the the first gym, did you switch gyms and go into like a full jujitsu specific gym? Yeah. So I started at a gym, an MMA gym, and then like yeah, after three months when I decided I'm just gonna do jujitsu, then I I moved like a there was like literally so around it took the three corner. months. Yeah, three months, and I was just like wasn't going to school anymore. I was just training. Wow yeah it was weird that's sick yeah it was it was actually strange i was like what what i guess yeah fuck it whatever <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah and then so when did like the gnarly work start like just that crazy work ethic and what what did that what did that work look like because you never did you don't lift weights and you don't really train outside of jiu-jitsu right yeah it was it was like um it was so i was training every day like twice a day from after three months every day twice a day and then once once i was doing that obviously i was still white belt then i was like obviously it was easy to win everything in juvenile white belt yeah. you're just training full-time well, yeah, yeah. to go yeah. to school and train yeah. like three times a week so and then mum's making them go to jiu-jitsu exactly yeah. so then i was like winning easily here and then i got my blue belt like after six months of being at that gym and then um all and then i was it was June in 2013. I was doing, um, no, June 2014. 
I was fighting. Uh, I went to Worlds. I went to California fight juvenile, juvenile Worlds at Blue Belt. So how did you do that? Would like your mum went with you or? No, I just went. Um, the the gym paid for me to go. Wow. And I went with um, I just went with two other people that were that were competing. Sick. Um, from the gym too. Yeah. We had a little trip. It was it was pretty fun. It was a good time, and um. And, and so that was Blue Belt juven like were you still juvenile then yeah i was juvenile and uh yeah i won my first fight and then the second fight um i just got like i just got like the kid was just so much better than me you know he was like from, really yeah it was this kid from brazil he was the he's he's still around now he's doing good at black belt his name's joao mendez he's coming up now he's yeah, yeah. one of the coming up as like one of the top featherweights he trains at artos but um at the time at juvenile he was the like the top gun because he was winning he was always winning his weight division open weight and he was just so much so much so much better than me and he just like triangled me in like a minute or something you know and then um that's when i got back and i was like okay like like what i'm doing is like nowhere near enough like so you you were just doing like the two classes a day i was just doing the two classes a day yeah exactly yeah. and now i'm like okay i need to be doing like i need to be doing way more so i started that's when when i got back from that i started like I started just doing like it was like eight hours a day like just like just like training like what I do is because I didn't have anybody to train with because I was in Australia right so I'd 48 hours before every um before 48 hours before the my training day I would already have it like set up if possible so I would ask like I would ask like I'd just start messaging everybody, like everybody, can you come in at this time train with me? And have someone come in with me to train wow. for an hour here. And then like the next hour I'd have a new person to come and train with me. And I'd do the class and then next hour I'd have someone else to come in fresh train with me. And then like I was just like staying on top of it, organized like that, um for a while. But like yeah, it's harder. Like when you're when you're in an environment where you're the only one going for a certain goal, mm. it's so much harder, you know? Like it's like you have to put in all this extra work, but it you know you can get better like that you can get just as good but it takes a lot more effort you know so then after i'm like look i gotta i can't um i can't do this like forever like i need to like i need to go where there's people mm. that are thinking the same as me you know yeah. they're trying to get to the same thing you know i need to put myself there and then um so how old was this when you got back from worlds i was uh six sixteen yeah yeah mm, no seventeen yeah 17 and what was like your level in the gym like in terms of just rolling with other people because i feel like if you're making blue belt worlds and you're sort of even even to win a match at blue belt worlds like you're probably really fucking good at this point yeah by the by the time i had my blue belt i was like i was definitely like yeah one of the like going into the second year of my of blue belt like after i got back from juvenile was i'm just training every day like took a few months and i was probably yeah i was like def i was like the best like technically just because i was so focused like i was studying yeah. like i'd come home and i'd study and i'd like watch everything like it was just like super obsessed like kind of thing you know yeah yeah it's fucking so crazy to like yeah I feel like everybody that does jiu-jitsu or motocross or any sport that they're doing, I feel like at some point, and I was definitely one of these kids, yeah, where I was like, man, if I quit school, 
and if I trained heaps and if I rode every day and if I did this and if I like because in motocross there was all these kids that like lived at these training facilities mm. and they like lived in camper vans mm. and then they had like the best tracks and coat and that's all they did mm. I feel like everybody that lo- loves their sport and is passionate mm. about their sport kind of has those thoughts run through their head mm. of like I could schedule this and I could ride here and if I do this mm. but so few people ever actually carry that shit out mm. and schedule the training sessions and, mm. and do the study because I mean you're probably putting in like fuck 14 hours a day worth of jiu-jitsu maybe more if you were like going home and studying as well yeah it's like Marilla always says like when you're training training like he'll he'll pull you up on this he does it sometimes it's like how many hours a day do you guys train and you're like but yada 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 it's like no you train like 24 hours a day yeah you train 24 hours a day. everything you do is to get better you know when you eat like when you're resting taking your mind off it that's just to get better you know like yeah. everything's like so it's like non-stop all you think about like kind of thing you know yeah and it seems like i think jiu-jitsu is good in the way that you kind of can do that yeah. Like you kind of can live at a gym. You can sleep on the mats. You you can do the two morning classes and two night classes and not leave the gym and stay there. Like if you if you want to, but that's the thing is like, and a lot of people can say they want stuff. And mm. I mean, it's something I think about all the time. Like when we we're talking about me living in America, I had goals. Yeah, I didn't really want any of it because mm. I didn't get any of it. Mm. I want this, and I've got this. Like, you kind of get what you want in your life. But the problem is, is that a lot of people trick themselves into thinking they want something. Mm. You know, mm. like, they don't actually want it. Because if you yeah. want, like, you're a product of wanting it. You did really want it. Yeah. A lot of people can think they want something or they can want something for X, Y, and Z reason. Mm. But when the when it comes time to like you said just 24 hours a day be like completely obsessed and for years and years and like to the point where it's just a part of your life yeah yeah totally like totally consumes you yeah and like again like i have no idea like what why that happens like how that can kind of start like where someone where you can like just want something that bad Mm. like yeah but if you think about like if you did have those insecurities as a kid, because, I mean, you walk around right now, there's not many people that can fuck with you. Like, if they, you know, if that someone's got a gun or a fucking knife and shit. But in terms of just, like, you walking around as a dude and other people around, you're pretty safe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel I feel safe, like, in certain situations. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, now I'm, like, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel very, like, insecure at all. Like, I'm just, like, I'm happy, like, trying to be, like, vulnerable as fuck, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, like, my superpower now. Like, just trying to be, like, mad vulnerable and shit, you know? But, um... But you've kind of built a base there. It's like you've worked out a lot of the kinks. Like, whatever kink was there at the start's probably not there anymore. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu's good for that, man. Jiu-Jitsu's good for working through your insecurities because, like... Because, um... Yeah, you, you'll, you'll have to. Like, you'll have yeah i don't know well you get tested so much right yeah and on like a bunch of different levels there's Mm. i mean yeah again we were speaking about it before but you know for me i got like a insecure my insecurity is not one to lose to anybody Mm. like ever Mm. in in like the gym obviously like you 
fucking wrong with you i'm not that's not in my head mm. but you know you walk into the gym and like that's your space you go there every single day you expect a certain amount from yourself mm. you, you know like this person can't pass me this person can't do this this you've got all these fucking mm. mental maps in your head of like these people and it's just like it's very competitive mm. that that is like a thing that gets tested because Mm. you can't be perfect you can't go in every day and people get better and you get injuries and you get sick like you have a bad day you got shit going on so you kind of if you've got those things to work through Mm. like you fucking they they're forced upon you you kind of can't hide from those things yeah for real yeah 100 percent. i think competing as well like like you have to be able to be to be like a good competitor and like to be able to like perform well you have to be able to like you have to be able to be vulnerable you know Mm. you have to be able to like be okay with like with like failing and like looking like you know because then because then you're not like you don't have that pressure on yourself at the same time you know Mm. you're like okay with like you know losing it all kind of thing you know um yeah and especially for jiu-jitsu like you get so much better at jiu-jitsu when you're just like when you're okay with losing when you're okay with like you know putting yourself in like vulnerable places and like that kind of thing Mm. so how did you yeah so how did you deal with like that side of things like not being super competitive and obviously like the better you get Mm. the less people can fuck with you anyway so like you kind of have to deal with it a little bit less if you get better but yeah like what because i feel like there's a longevity there Mm. like you can't hold on so tight to like that super competitive nature for so long if you want to do jujitsu for yeah to see it through to the end yeah fully i'm like and i'm like one of the most competitive people yeah ever like i'm just super 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 like i was like super super competitive you know um so i think that's probably one of the reasons as well like why i just want to would win want to just win so bad because like every every time every time i lost like i would like I never like lost and like didn't cry, you know, like I took it, like I always took it to heart. Like I'd like be like every world, I think it took me five, five years to win worlds, you know, and every world I went there, like putting so much effort into like to win worlds, you know, like it was like my only goal in life was to win worlds. And every time I just like come up short and I just be like, like, I just, I'd cry. Like I'd always like just cry and like, just like promise myself that like, do better that I like train even more than I was like working even harder than I was and like I would like I would work even harder and then I'd lose it again the next year and I'd like cry again I'd be like okay I'll work even harder do this yada 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 and I'll do this blah 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 and it wasn't until brown belt brown belt where I was like I was basically I like changed my mindset you know like completely like I fully changed my mindset and it was like I like set like different like instead of like wanting to win it i just like pretended to myself like i already had won everything you know like i was like no fuck this like i'm already like like because i wanted it i think i wanted it so bad that i was like look there's there's things i can't control out here Mm. in the world okay maybe like if i can't even fucking attain it i'll just fucking imagine i have yeah you know Cause that's how bad I want it. Like I want it so bad and I'm not fucking getting it. It's been like five years. What the fuck? Like, fuck you. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fucking have it right now. Bam. In my head. And I just close my eyes and I just like, imagine 
like I imagine like as clearly as possible, like, like winning, winning that world title, like as clearly as possible. And like, I felt like, I felt like this like overwhelming, like happiness and like relief. Like I just won, you know? Wow. And then like every time I like felt like I wanted it, I would change that, like, like that state of mind to like, no, I have it. Like I'm here. And like, it would like, it would like bring like this, like, like I'd feel like amazing. Like I, like I just kind of like won it. And then um, going into the tournaments, I didn't care, you know? And I changed my mindset to like going to the tournaments instead of trying to win. Like I thought like around the same time I got like really into mindfulness meditation. I was doing like a lot of mindfulness meditation. It was my first year, my first year at Brown Belt. Lost Purple Belt Worlds, lost... Um, so you didn't win a Worlds till Brown Belt? Yeah. Wow. I won Pans at Purple Belt, which is like the second biggest competition. Yeah. But I lost, yeah, I lost, lost every other colored belt. What kind of losses were you on the box? Mm, it was, I was, no, they're always like close, but like an advantage or something, you know? So you were losing finals or you were losing to get on the podium? No, I never got on the podium. Wow. Any, except for juvenile. No shit. Yeah, I always lost like quarterfinal or something. Fuck. By like an advantage. And it was honestly like, I, after that purple belt worlds, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm a world champion right now. Bam. You know, I just started like imagining like winning those worlds, like just like imagining it and just like feeling like content, you know, mm. feeling like happy, like with where I am, you know? Yeah. And like, just like, I, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then I started getting like, more into mindfulness meditation, just like trying to be like super so present. So where did that come from? Like, what was the influence that got that started? Because I was like, I was on this journey and I had so much, um, I had so much want and like so much like so much want for like attaining something but it was like the want was just bringing more want yeah you know i wasn't yeah. getting it because i just wanted i was in this mindset of like wanting like yeah. wanting instead yeah. of like instead of like having sort of thing you know so it was just like the want was just bringing me more want and like i just wanted to like be like like content because like it was like it felt like negative like it was like too much like um anxiety and like you know just like yeah like this kind like of grasping yeah like like you like you need this thing so bad you know and um so so i was like it was just kind of like natural like i came across i think it was just like on youtube or some shit just like looking like i searched and like like i thought it would be good like mindfulness meditation blah mm. blah, blah bam bam you know and like looked it up and then um this guy like Titnut Han came up like you know Thai. I know he's this he's this Buddhist monk. He's like super respected. He just he just basically talks. He just reiterates all the time, just like focusing on your in breath, focusing on your out breath, like you know basic shit like that. You know, so I just started doing that mindfulness meditation a bunch, like doing a lot of walking meditation. Yeah. Um, just trying to like stay super present, and I used the competitions as in- a practice for that as a practice yeah Yeah. so instead of like like i've already got what i want now because like in my head at that point every day like had like a little ritual going on like where every day when i'd walk home from training like i had like this like 15 minute walk i'd put my headphones on i just like imagine like winning worlds like over and over again in my head like to the point where i felt like so you were getting the feeling of winning yeah like like feeling like i'm like the the best in the world you know i wasn't and i was it was like black belt worlds you know like yeah being like the best like beating like the best in the world you know and then um when i got to the tournament my whole focus was just trying to like 
learn more about myself, you know? So like the intense emotions that you feel like going into a competition, I just kind of like, my whole focus was just on observing those emotions, you know, like just yeah. like watching, watching them and trying to like, trying to like learn about those emotions. I, I'd Not like, label them as much, just like experience them. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then like doing that, like it just allowed me to like step into it and like, it made me feel like, so like, like I just like that year I was like solid. Like I didn't lose one. I lost like one match at Brown Belt, but it was like, it was like bullshit. Like, like, like I like won a DQ like you or something like that or it was it was like some shitty thing where i was like on his like i sw- i took his back i was taking his back and then like he like recovered his guard so i was like on top from bottom but i didn't get any sweet points and then he like oh it yeah. was just like some weird shit but that year i did like every fight was just like i performed so good like it was like perfect performance like europeans i submitted like four out of five people pan submitted like four out of five people worlds like won every match like four by submission as well like it was like just perfect 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 i'm like okay so like this is like i kind of got my thing like yeah and that was it like yeah. from there i just like i just kept kind of um i just kept that going and that was it was that was that was when it all kind of clicked for me did you do um any like uh loving kindness kind of meditations for sure for yeah. sure that's what i always told my friends as well like okay if you lose today you have to be kind as fuck to yourself like like you have to be like mad kind to yourself like because you deserve that shit like you know and like just being like super kind for yourself gave you gives you that safety net as well because you're like okay like if i lose like it's okay like because like i'm i'm here for myself it doesn't matter like doing great like the loving kindness meditation was was mad helpful you've Mm. been you've been yeah dude i went fucking deep like (laughs) the um i had yeah just like a bunch of shit go on and that this was doing real well and i just did i wasn't like i didn't feel happy i I felt that same thing of like striving Mm. like that and that's uh, yours was wanting like a world title i guess and Mm. mine was it was a hard thing to even explain what i want i Mm. wanted but i was striving man like and i was just it was this constant like now i grind for this hard mm. but it's easy it's just like routine yeah, like, yeah and yeah. i just feel good doing it and like yeah. at no part of me nowadays like there's no like hole that i'm trying to fill with this like yeah. i want this to do good just to do good mm. and it's like a fun thing like i mm. enjoy the process but i don't feel like i need anything now to like fill any holes in me mm. whereas before it was sort of almost like there was just like this weird void yeah and awful and i def dude i'd filled that shit in the past with like fucking chicks and all sorts of mm-hmm. you know parties and you know being trying to be fucking cool like all that sort of shit mm-hmm. and it was just real hard to figure out like mm. i just oh yeah just striving just why do and i was like why do i want this so bad like why do i even care that this fucking works why do i care this podcast works why do i care that i'm fucking mm um even cool or whatever and that the funniest thing is that i had this um i had this thing where when i was doing this podcast i wanted it to do well but i didn't want anyone to think that i wanted it to do well for like fucked up reasons Mm. because everybody knows a dude that's like just trying to be famous 
or yeah, and every, there's everyone's like the, so cynical these days. Yeah, and but I think there is a lot of people out there that do shit for the wrong reasons. And I mean, I know a guy that for like sure. I know a dude that fucking man. He was going to like he come over when we were living in LA, and he he like was trying to go to all these parties, and he was literally just trying to copy the blueprint of like just to be famous. Oh, didn't give a fuck what for. Didn't give like it was just that was the goal. And I, that dude fucking wigged me out a bit. And yeah, I right. just like, I didn't want to look like that guy. Mm. And then I got to this point where I was, I was tripping on it. Like I was stressing on, fuck, I really just don't want to have an ego. I don't want to have an ego. Cause I felt like quite, quite a humble person. Mm-hmm. But then I, I guess I kind of knew that there was a big part of me that wasn't mm-hmm. like that. I was kind of, I, cause it's kind of fun being like cocky and, and that sort of shit too. Mm-hmm. So I just, that I had like a real, um, a real fucking complex around that whole like ego thing Mm. and then i started to think i was like man me not wanting to have an ego Mm. is having an ego like i want to look a certain way it's the biggest ego trip going yeah like that and (laughs) and then i hit that and then i was like well fuck like i i gotta i gotta fully let go of that and uh and then i sort of did like the i use sam harris's app oh yeah cool yeah so i thought that's good yeah it's really really cool um but yeah the it's funny when you were saying like you felt the feeling of winning at that world championship and in buddhism when you do that loving kindness meditation the feelings you can generate inside your body are fucking bizarre like you can be like (laughs) tearful and just like this like crazy vibration in your body and you're just like (laughs) you feel weird like it Mm. feels different Mm. and and yeah so when i heard you say that with the like i felt like a champion you could conjure those same feelings because we do it all the time with negative emotions Mm. but we just don't do it with positive ones Mm. not like it seems really standard Mm. and i think that that's like uh you um like make myself happy Mm. but then it sort of is like admitting that the default that you come with is Mm. unhappy Mm. and then you've got to make yourself happy Mm. and that's where that striving shit comes in Mm. and i think that what like now what i know is that like if you take away all the thoughts if you take away anything just the concepts around shit like what if you get to the point of just like emptiness and it's like a void that is pleasant into itself but it doesn't need to be named pleasant. So it's almost like what you got to do is get away from trying to f- add things mm. and you've got to subtract everything. Mm. Every Everything that you can subtract away from what you think yourself is and get back to where you're like, you're not even Levi, you're not even fucking anything. That place is really nice. Yeah. And then it's like easy to do shit from that place. Yeah. Yeah. There was just still part of me. I just could not let go of that though. I was just like... I need to have that feeling. Like, yeah. Like just needed it. Like it's so bad. It's like, but then, yeah, it felt, it felt empowering. It did. It felt empowering to like, let go. No, just to be able to be like, like I can just, like just pretend like I'm, you know, like it's just the same thing. Like, if yeah, you, if you, yeah. If it's the same thing. Yeah. If you like have it like in your, if, if you have it, you know, it's all, everything's happening in your own consciousness. Like, if you can create that like in your own mind like it's, it's as real as, it's, it's as real yeah, as it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so it's yeah and i don't think that um <laughs> i think one of the things that people would say when it comes to like the aspect did you get into any of like the non-duality side of things like there's not really a self as much as what people think like did you sort of look into much of that sort of stuff yeah like um 
yeah, that that Titnut Han guy, Ty, he does like Dharma talks. Like I used to listen just to his Dharma talks, like yeah. before bed and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, all that all that bu- Buddhist philosophy. Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah you're super across that shit. Yeah, yeah. I think people think that when you start to get into those waters then you start to get into like this weird nihilism shit where it's like well nothing matters if there's no self then what's the point and it's like no 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 no, no. there's a point to everything like you're still you yeah you're still this person that's gotta like get through the world and it's still cool like to be a world champion is still a good thing to do if you're a human in the world for sure but if the thoughts that go on that are attached to the mm. self that's in your head if they start to like hamper your performance make you unhappy mm. give you anxiety then that's that that's when you need to look at it for sure i definitely I, I find myself like getting into like i think this part of me it's pretty nihilistic you know yeah um but there's a few good cures for nihilism too as well like other like art yeah it's a good cure for nihilism yeah okay definitely adds a bunch of a bunch of meaning i feel like if you can express something so what what's your thoughts around nihilism I mean, like, you know, that everything's kind of, like, <laughs> meaningless sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like, nothing matters. But, like, I always found, like, um, like, like, expressing, expressing myself as well, like, like, I don't know, like, um, was, like, enough meaning. Yeah. So, like, 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 like expressing, like, emotions, like, like, drawing or doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's, like, form of expression for me, like doing music or something that way that way has helped me as well yeah and so what is like a cure where do you think (laughs) where do you think expression comes from um for me it's just like like it's like a kind of like just trying to express like a like a like a feeling yeah but where do they come from do do you think do you think about where the like why expressing yourself actually feels good no that book seems interesting though (laughs) um but no i don't know it's like a feeling somewhere in your body and you just kind of like put it into some place else and it's just like kind of sweet i don't know it's dope (laughs) yeah 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 no because i mean it's something that yeah it's something that i think about a lot because yeah like the it does like it is like it is meaningless everything that you do is pointless yeah <laughs> like really you know what i mean like what's the point of this what's the point of this like you born you die there's no and i mean this is from like first person experience and i think this is why people have like beliefs in things that are like higher than themselves mm. because at the end of the day like yeah so much shit does feel pointless and mm. you can say like oh you reincarnate or there's like a heaven Mm. or there's this and there's that and then that is what gives people that meaning but if you're Mm. a person that doesn't have that kind of belief then Mm. like you kind of do whether you like it or not you kind of do live as like in like this nihilist world yeah where shit doesn't really fucking matter yeah and it's like oh yeah i still sort of don't even really know where i stand on that i just honestly try not to think about it i feel like i do feel like uh this is to get fucking real deep yeah I do feel like there is this natural, there's like these two functions of the, because like nothing really exists in of itself, right? Mm. Like everything is just kind of this label that you put on whatever's going on. Mm. Two dudes rolling around on the ground trying to get a submission, we call that jujitsu. But does jujitsu exist? It kind of exists in the moment in the heads of those two people that share that concept. Mm. But where is the jujitsu? Like there's no... 
like you can't pick up jujitsu. Yeah. It's just a it's a thing that exists in people's minds, you know what I mean? But yeah. I think that if you could and I think you can apply that to like everything. Like nothing really exists in two of itself. And then yeah. I think that the one there is a force within the universe that exists that would be like chaos and order i guess you could call it or like um degeneration like Mm. if you if you build a house there's like order that you've created Mm. so you've like got all of these things together and you've got all this material and then you've like built it and then now you've got a house Mm -hmm. if you just leave that house in the universe and you don't touch that house it will degenerate yeah so there is this force where like we can create order but then the universe ultimately will create decay or like you know chaos within that so like i and i don't know i feel like i feel like that's my cure for nihilism is that order just create some semblance of order in your part of the universe because that's kind of if i look as deeply as i can at it they're the two forces that stand alone yeah everything's just decomposing into everything <laughs> yeah yeah and it does but we can create order like you would say that jujitsu is order yeah there's like an order of moves like we can do the same we're doing the same fucking dance and we kind of know the rules and we know the parameters we we create you can create order in terms of like a painting a building a statue you can create order from you know musical notes you can there is an order that's there yeah and so i feel like that is my cure for nihilism is like just create some sort of order that's cool that's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's about as deep as i've got so far in any of my fucking uh any of my studies around any of this shit that's mad yeah i fucking want to believe in reincarnation real bad i really do it's <laughs> so fucking sick <laughs> what, what, are you com- co- what are you coming back as um i don't know I, I just just I guess just a another human or like an alien or some shit that'll be dope but yeah it's hard it's hard for me to kind of got to see it before I can believe it unfortunately well that's see that's the problem that's, <laughs> that's, that's where the nihilism is is because if you get someone that's like super religious and believes in God then they're, they're down yeah. they just believe it but I, I fucking genuinely wonder if anybody can ever really really believe or if it's just me I mean I could never believe in anything that much yeah hundred percent especially like every this year with all this fucking shit going down like everyone believing in all these fucking satan worshippers and fucking queuing on shit like it just made me even more nihilistic i'm just like oh fucking hell like no (laughs) it's yeah yeah i don't fucking uh yeah i don't know about any of uh any of that shit (laughs) you can do like you can do quite fuck man people just make too many leaps I know. And I feel like... It, I know. I, I feel like if you follow the paper trailer shit, like, you don't really need a... Uh, you don't really need too much of, like, a weird conspiracy to think, like, oh, people just want to make money. Mm. Yeah, everyone has, like, an agenda, agenda and shit. Yeah, well, people everyone just want to make... Like, I feel like it's, like, a basic human... That's, that's part of, like, the survival instinct because mm. money is tied to survival. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what you see with like all that kind of shit, if it's like, it's fucking corrupt and it's, it's just like, no, it's just a bunch <laughs> of dudes trying to make, like it's survival, money equals survival. Mm. Mm. 
but <laughs> New York would have been weird through the corona deal yeah 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 it got pretty it just it, the whole everyone like left like everyone left the whole city so it was like empty but the people all the people that like a lot of people that were left were like like struggling you know because obviously I mean 30,000 people died really in like two months whoa at the beginning you know it was awful awful you know people don't understand how lucky we are here yeah yeah dude. it was it was it was it, it it was um it was really bad you know so obviously you can imagine the kind of uh anxiety chain effect yeah. that would have on everybody in the whole city so you're just constantly you just you can't help but feel anxious you can't help but feel stressed um you can't help but feel kind of like scared kind of thing you know and then and then that's that that fear as well kind of creates like i don't know i'm i i feel like i kind of pick up on this stuff like i'm kind of, kind of sensitive like energies and yeah, i'm just sensitive you know so i yeah. just like if someone's like if someone's kind of acting funny here then like it's like I just pick up on it probably i'm not sure I, I, it's relative only to me because i can't go into anybody else's body and yeah. compare but <laughs> to you it, feels, it feels quite intense yeah so yeah i just felt like i just felt like i just felt super anxious um all year kind of thing over there i just got back in december and yeah what was, was the decision hard. to stay for so long just training mm, yeah training and i oh, there was part of me that uh, also felt like a responsibility like because I, I i feel like you know that is my like my, my community there you know like a lot of those people that gym yeah a lot of those people you know i i lived i lived i slept on the mats for like three years with all these people you know like i have like a close a very close relationship with them um and i felt almost like a disservice not to stick it out not to be there with them help them uh through like these through the struggle you know so um that was that was that was yeah part of the part of the reason i just wanted to be there um and then yeah i'm not sure i just want i just want felt like i want to go back so that makes sense um when you first so you said you saved up like three months worth of rent mm -hmm. and then where did you go stay for those first three months until and then did marillo ask you to just like essentially just live at the gym yeah so yeah i saved up and then I went and I stayed at a family friend's place, a guy who used to live with us in Australia. Yeah. He was always around Australia. Now he lives there in New York. His, his name's Carl. He's like a DJ. Really nice, really nice dude, like super nice. Um, and yeah, I stayed with him in like um, in, in Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, he's like, just let me crash there. And yeah, it was cool. It was cool. And then, so after that, did you, was your plan that once you were there, you were there? Or did you have to go back and forward for a bit to like figure out the whole like living situation? Or did you get on like a sport visa straight away or? Yeah, I just, I, I just was going there on tourist visas. Yeah. I'd just like leave, I'd go there, I'd leave for like, like a day sometimes and then come back and then. Where would you go? Like Abu Dhabi. Like yeah. It, there's usually, it usually worked out because it'd be like three months then you'd have Abu Dhabi and then you'd go to Abu Dhabi fight this tournament and come back like and then you have another three months until Worlds yeah 
and after Worlds, I'd always come home to Australia and do that. I did that for like a while. So I was always coming back to Australia. And like when I'd come back to Australia, I'd help like build like a team here, you know? Mm. So like build like up a crew here. So like training with like um, Ari, who was like absolutely phenomenal. There's like a bunch of phenomenal people here now who I've been training with since I was, you know, round belt, purple belt. Yeah. You'll you'll hear about them for sure. Because honestly, like I I roll with some of these people. I'm like, wow, you're actually like, you're one of the best in the world now. Like, you're you're actually one of the best in the world. Do you know that? Because they haven't had a chance yeah. to compete yet. Yeah. A black belt. I'm like, what? Like, because the the skills there. I'm like, you're actually one of the best in the world. So there's a few people like that now. Yeah. Like Lucas. His name's Lucas Cannard. I feel like he's like one of the best in the world. Tom. He's still a purple. He's still a purple belt. But like, he'll win purple belt worlds. Like, there's this kid Veron. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He's like me when I was back then. He's wow. just got this crazy like this crazy one he's doing like ridiculous hours now too like this says there's a solid crew coming up here in australia and um yeah but yeah anyway when i yeah it was it was just uh yeah i just stayed stayed at his place for three months and then marilla was like you come here sleep at the gym so every time i come there all i had to get was like the plane ticket and sometimes yeah. he'd even get the plane ticket for me really yeah he the first time i came after after i left after the first trip he brought my plane ticket back He's like, just come back, come back as soon as possible. Bam, brought my plane ticket no back. No way. Yeah, what yeah, a dude. Yeah, legend, legend, legend. What was it like to to commit to sleeping on the mats and live that lifestyle? Because that's as hardcore jujitsu as it gets. I was like, just so happy and grateful. Yeah, I was so stoked. I was like, so I was like pinching myself every day because. Um, it was crazy. Like the meows were sleeping on the, the meows would sleep there too, you know? And they were the dudes that initially inspired your jujitsu. Well, at, at the point they were like the best in the world. And like, it's kind of weird. Like what the best in the world, they're sleeping on the mats. Like, yeah. What the hell? You know? Um, was there just not money in it for them? Or were no. they not just like good with money or? <laughs> no, they, they save them mad money. Really? And they, <laughs> they just want to sleep on the mats. They, it's all, all they wanted. Like they, you can't get them to not sleep on the mats. Even still. I'm not sure what they're doing. No, now they're not sleeping on the mats. But at the time, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't not get them sleep on the mats. And they could they could rent like a nice yeah, okay. place in New York, like and be fine. They were making they were making money at the time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they would have made some money over, the, over yeah. that period. Um, but but yeah, it was it was cool. It was fuck. It was it was tough. Like some of the toughest times of my everybody that lives there will tell you the same thing. It was like the toughest time of their life. Like every every week there would be like someone else like someone crying you know really yeah like one one person would have like a breakdown like once a week like in in the back room or something you know like you just because it's because it's hard you're training so much and then you've got to then you've got to clean you're, you're stressed out because you're getting ready for this tournament and like if you don't win this tournament because jiu-jitsu is like this like you have to become like if you're trying to make money as a competitor like that at the time especially in america with all the competition stuff or if you're from brazil yeah if you want to have like a solid like a solid solid career in jiu-jitsu like i mean you can be smart with it there's like a lot of different avenues if if you're intelligent with it and you know you can you know you can become like market yourself as a good teacher or yeah or there's definitely like definitely a lot of potential to make money but um if you want to like have like a solid career you only have one option and that's to win 
you know, and become the best in the world. So you have to like, if you want to get like a sponsor and get recognized at Purple Belt, you have to win a hundred person division at the world championship, you know? So you have to be like, you have to be the one person in a hundred people, you know, to make, to be able to make it. And if you don't, if you, if you can't win these divisions, then it's like, sorry, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get the sponsors because there's not, yeah, you're not the guy. Yeah. So it's like, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of fights you got to win. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's funny too. Like you'll hear guys like Gordon, like the top dudes in the sport, and then they go away from the IBJF stuff and then they do the submission only and they do all this, the different kind of shit and they'll pan the, they'll pan the rule set of IBJF and like even a local level, you see dudes are like, oh, we're just going to do grappling industries. Yeah. But there is something like, I remember the first time I did, um, pan packs in australia yeah i've been training like seven months yeah and i was like flying i'm like i'm flying down to melbourne and i can't lose once yeah and i've only just been training i don't know how many people are in this division yeah but like you literally can't make a mistake like you can't fuck up anything yeah and then i mean fuck there was probably 12 people in the division or whatever like it's not a big deal but then yeah to think like purple belt worlds killers every single person that is going to worlds is putting in like there's obviously levels to work, but fucking working hard at jujitsu and they've got the resources are crazy with like the instructionals and YouTube and there seems like there's a good black belt every at every gym. There's like a, a really good dude. Yeah. And then you've got to be that one dude that beats every single one of them. Yeah, 100%. Honestly, and like in the divisions, there'll be like, there's like 10 people or something. There's like 10 people who may be going to win, you know? Yeah. And you know all of them you know mm. so you're like you've already from the whole season like you know all of them you know that what they do and everything like that and then you just have to beat those 10 people because those the rest of the people you know like okay they've only been training like two hours a day like there's no, they don't have a chance yeah yeah <laughs> they, don't have, they, they don't actually don't have a chance so what was the <laughs> what was some of the hardest parts about living on the mats like did it was it just was there ever a um because I feel like there's kind of if you just took a regular person and were like oh you sleep on the gym the feeling that the normal person would feel is like oh I'm not cool oh I, I need a house and a car like I'm not going to be able to impress chicks I'm not going to be able to but I, I don't know whether that would like carry over into jiu-jitsu because it seems like that sleeping on the mats thing is like this rite of passage to like be great but yeah. does that shit enter into it or like what is the challenges I mean at that time at that time you're not thinking about anything else like you just have to stay like super focused because usually you, you you know you're just in it's just like everything's for jiu-jitsu so to be honest like you're not going out you know you're not having you're not having the fun you have is is training it's training it's got to be through that you know which is it's you're, you're always in pain because you're training so much and um and then and then you got to like look after the gym like help like keep the gym in order because it's it was a super small gym yeah so i was gonna say when you were sleeping on the gym it would have been the old unity right it was the old unity no one ever slept in new unity by the time new unity happened we were all kind of like all kind of set then we all had like so there's like an og crew 
that yeah. all slept on the mats and then that stopped when the new gym so yeah. were you guys almost kind of building this gym up together even 100 percent. yeah the old the old unity will like always be remembered as like the hardest type in ronan go on youtube and just like so people can get a perspective type in what would be like it's road to road to worlds um 2018 yeah this video this was like right when i started unity jiu-jitsu I was so fucking... I mean, obviously, like, this is just for people listening. Obviously, you were there. But I yeah. remember watching these videos and the fucking sweat and the steam and how small the room was and how fucking hard everyone was going and then jumping in the showers in between rolls. I was just like... Because you don't understand how, how hot it is in there. Dude, no, I've been to New York in summer and I definitely <laughs> can paint a picture. He doesn't... There's no... All, every every door is sealed like airtight really so no oxygen can get in is that on purpose yeah and you're not allowed to leave he made it we used to like leave the leave the gym and go into the stairwell to get fresh air yeah but he locks it he used to lock it wow so this is the only way like you you have like uh any sort of because you overheat you touch your skin and it's like if you don't do this like you touch your skin and it's like so i have no idea what that is that's an oven and the humidity there's a humidity reader on the wall. It's like 98%. Wow. It's raining from the ceiling. No. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and... Look at this. Look at that room, Ronan. How crazy is that? You can skip forwards a tiny... Yeah, go like, forward. Keep going, keep going. Just like go, go down a little bit and like once they get into it, keep going, keep going. Yeah, you can't you can't hear Marilla's voice ever. It's fucking deep. Yeah, dude, I remember hearing that first. Time. I was like, "Holy shit!" So yeah, click into there, young Levi. So yeah, I think you were like drilling here at the start from memory, and then the rolls. Yeah, so there's, there's Talus in there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's loud. Um, so go forward again, Ronan. So go like sort of towards the keep going, keep going, keep going. Let's drill with Marilla. Once it gets into the rolls. Yeah, it used to be this small, tiny gym. The mats are so yeah, slippery. Here. Now we have... Now it's the biggest mat space, single mat space in New York. It's so sick in there. Yeah, the new the new place. So, yeah. So, this was just, like, insanely hot. So, what's the, like... I'm sure... Oh, dude, Talisman was a purple belt. Yeah. Um, Dude, mentally. Like, what was Murillo's thinking there? he just made it he wanted he he just wanted to it was all it a lot of it was like mental mental training you know like he wanted you to be able to like go past like what you thought you could do sort of thing like yeah and he'd do when he first when he first like in 2015 when he first opened the gym it was it was fucking ridiculous this shit he had us doing like like dumb you know really? like he'd, he'd have us doing like these sprint roll pyramids and shit like where it would be like okay you sprint roll one minute then you sprint roll two minutes and you sprint roll three minutes and you sprint roll four minutes and you sprint roll five minutes and you sprint roll all the way up to like 10 minutes and then would go like back down wow. like just these crazy things like at the end of the training you'd have to do 30 minutes just sprawling just 30 minutes just sprawls what without stopping and if you <laughs> stop then you're like singled in out in this room in this room with the window shut everything to this day this day we did 10 10 minute rounds mm. after like an hour of drilling so you can imagine after 10 10 minute rounds how fucking dude how fucking sweaty and shit it is in there yeah and marillo every training 
never has any water. He himself. He doesn't drink. He hasn't. He doesn't leave his spot. He doesn't drink water. Wow. No matter what. <laughs> what a gnarly motherfucker. Yeah. No one. No one knows why he doesn't drink water. He should drink water probably. Yeah. Definitely. Um, definitely drink water when you train. <laughs> yeah. I definitely like. <laughs> and so, what was the setup? So, like, where did you guys sleep? Like, so did you just have like bedding equipment and shit up? Yeah. Top? So in that back room, there was our beds were all on top of all in the back room and we just take out our mattresses and put them here i used to sleep like right i sleep like right there like just like before the square that was like my spot no shit and then after training we'd have to cleaning those mats fucking sucked i used to go to the gym across the road the new york sports club Mm. because it all helped i'd had a membership there the gym paid for i'd have a shower there and then um after i had a shower there i'd steal the towels yeah (laughs) every day (laughs) every day i'd steal two towels put them in my bag and go back to go back to the gym we'd have to get squidgies it was so disgusting Ugh, it makes me feel sick we had to get squidgies squidgy the piles the puddles of sweat into these into these puddles into these giant puddles and then we had this industrial grade water vacuum which we'd <laughs> put on we'd have to fill up this four liter water water vacuum i kid you not about three or four times of sweat of sweat empty that into the toilet use the stolen towels i had from new york sports club dry the mats <laughs> dry the mats the rest then clean it would take it would take a fuck ton of time every day and the toilets were rank because cunts were like just that tired in between rounds that they'd just be like pissing everywhere pissing over the seats people would be throwing up in the toilets so it'd be like throw up fucking <laughs> shit piss everywhere it was just rank and the the hardest thing about sleeping there because you're sleeping on the mats in that space in the middle of summer especially when it's just hot and humid as fuck New York's different too because there's no fucking breeze you get fucking staph infections Mm. that's the worst that's when that's when that's when you call home and you're like fuck I I don't know if I can do this like I think I'm gonna quit how many moments of that like that did you have over there like every time I got a staph infection really (laughs) every time I got a staph infection or some fucking pink eye (laughs) one day one day I was staying at the gym I got fucking pink eye that's the worst thing because if you get pink eye you get quarantined oh i was like okay bye which was actually nice because like you get a bit of a rest you get a hotel he books your hotel you go stay at a hotel but wow um ear infections were always getting fucking ear infections fucking pink eye fucking stuff it was hard times until 2018 that's when um we all kind of moved out of there yeah so no one was really living in the, in the 2018. It was end of 2018 we moved to the new place, but by like mid 2018 we all kind of moved. We all kind of moved out because um because uh there was more opportunities rising for us at the time. We kind of mm. grinded through like at, at Brown Belt when I started winning everything. That's when it was like things started to change a little bit, um, and we were all kind of getting up like getting our names like up there sort of thing, and uh around that time someone gave the tip to the DOB Department of Buildings and they basically came and like raided the place at like 2am and it was like yeah after that they were like oh you can't like stay here anymore then that's when we actually had to move everything everyone had to get get out of the gym so essentially you were just homeless in New York for years I mean yeah pretty much pretty much yeah and that was it's the most gangster way to be homeless in New York it is it is probably um 
but yeah in fucking and right in, where where this gym was on 37th street it's hectic as well because that gym is small it's so busy you have like 70 people on the mat sometimes at night you're right in the middle of the most busy place in the universe you know so it's like what's it, around it just you wears there? you down um Times Square's two blocks up the road. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Empire State Building's like yep. literally two yep. blocks down the other way. Um, you know, it's dead smack dead center in Midtown. Yeah. You know? What a fucking life. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it was funny. Is it crazy to Funny think, times. Is it crazy now when you look back at it? Like, obviously, you've won now as a black belt and then you got your world title. Is it crazy to look back and be like, holy fuck, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. I mean, now when I look back, I was like, oh, it's kind of fun. But like, I remember thinking, like, I remember one day, like, crying. And I'm like, like, I started laughing to myself. I'm probably going to think this was fucking fun one day. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> um, But, yeah. It was fun. It was definitely actually, now it's a lot funner. Now I have a much better time in New- <laughs> Now I have a much better time in New York. Yeah. Definitely, I'll say that. So you got your own, so now you got your own pad. Yeah. Now I got my own pad. Like I got, um, did you, so sorry to interrupt you. No. So you won that spider comp in Korea, which mm-hmm. is a hundred thousand dollar first prize. Yeah. Did that just completely change your life? Mm. Or were you doing better up to that point? No, it, no, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely changed a lot of things for me for sure. But like, um, man, like it goes, yeah, it goes quick, yeah. you know? So, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be smart. Like I, like, you can, you can, you can make, you can make money in jiu-jitsu though. Yeah. Now there's, there's, there's ways, but you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be smart about it. Yeah. Like, um, um, but like, yeah, hundred grand, like it's so hard to become the best in the world at something, you know, it's fucking so hard to become the best in the world at something. Like, I think it's important for like it's it's super important that that tournaments start paying that you know mm. like that that they can pay that like IBJJF should be paying for worlds they make so much money yeah you th- so they do make a bunch well oh they've been making millions of dollars yeah you think it's that level because oh. I just don't know that much about that side of oh, it oh they'd be making so much pretend. money yeah um yeah there's a bunch of people be salty IBJJF like um yeah fair enough yeah there's a lot because it's just a lot of entries right yeah just like even just for that one weekend at world yeah 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 it's yeah i think i think i think more and more now like it's interesting to see how things are gonna go but um i'm hoping to see like more things like spider and like you know there should there should be there should be there should be more stuff like that because you know as athletes they, they deserve it you know yeah and the thing is is there's so many just everyday people that do jiu-jitsu so all many. over the world. Yeah, so and there's many. There's so many. Like, to think about what this podcast does in terms of, like, the motocross world and mm. the numbers that you can hit just in that, mm. and there would be more... I would guarantee there'd be more people doing jiu-jitsu than motocross. Yeah, right. And there's guys making millions, man. Mm. Like, mm. millions. I mean, I'm sure Gordon's making millions. Yeah. Um, and there'd be some dudes like Lockie doing that seminar tour after he did ADCC. Would have fucking killed it. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah, and for sure. Fuck, there's, there's almost a little bit of that too where 
and this happens just everywhere that people don't really want to see the top dudes make that much money they don't really want to see the people that have earned it kind of make it if everyone else isn't but it's like i really don't see the problem because you're right like if you're like if you're gordon ryan and you're doing what he's doing to everybody and then you're giving that knowledge to people and you're like yeah you should be making a bunch of cash yeah and it's important it's it it's important for the entire hierarchy of jiu-jitsu yes. that the people at the top make a lot of money because if the it, like for instance like if you're the best in the world and you're undercharging for like a private lesson or something mm. let's say you're the best in the world and you charge like you charge like two hundred dollars you're a, you're a black belt world champion you're the best in the world in your division and you charge two hundred dollars or something or two hundred and fifty dollars for a private lesson Mm. you know that fucks up everybody else yeah that fucks up like because that takes away everybody else's worth below you you know Mm. then all of a sudden this kid who's struggling living off like two hundred dollars a month from brazil living on the mats you know if you're the best in the world and he because the best the best purple belts in the world they deserve credit they're fucking good Mm. you know like they're really really good like they should be able to make money too. So if you're charging, if you're 250 charging, you're the best in the world charging $200 for a private or something like that, then you're cutting the knees out of the dude. Yeah. Then they can't, they can't, what, what's, what's their worth? You know, mm. you set, you set, if you're the best, you set everybody's worth automatically. Yeah. 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 You set that pay scale yeah. straight from the top. That's why I think one of the cool things, I mean, I feel like Gordon's kind of doing that a little bit in a way. Like he's definitely demanding like, x amount of cash and like wanting to put up big dollars for shit and i feel like once that becomes normal um then yeah you probably will it's just probably the way he's doing it is weird yeah um but yeah you are right like it it does have to sort of come from the top but man like i think about it in terms of um like it's something i think about all the time in in motocross like because we got influence in that lane and Mm. we can we can in a way or the dudes are doing the work the dudes are doing the ride and the dude that like the riders are sort of everything but mm. the way that you report on them and the way that you talk about them and the way that you mm. celebrate them and the the things that you highlight and you you can you can like the way that i guess you can cover the sport you can kind of normalize a dude making a heap of cash you can normalize the fact that he's worth that whereas i feel yeah. like a lot of time in sport a lot of well, I know in motocross, like as soon as a dude goes out and spends some money, everyone just jumps down his throat. Like even yeah, right. Like Casey Stoner is like fucking one of Australia's greatest sportsmen ever. Yeah, right. And like he said, his whole career he was like so scared to spend any money because yeah. he didn't want to get like fucking cut down by like That's media. Ridiculous. Yeah, it is though, right? But it's I guess it's kind of like an easy story for whoever's you know yeah, making dumb. the making the fucking c- controlling the narrative. Yeah, ill yeah which is fucking which is weird but yeah i feel like um i definitely feel like with the popularity of jujitsu like that it's just like a i guess a a catch-up phase where like it Mm. will eventually catch up Mm. but you're right Mm. it's up to the athletes as well to kind of stand their ground on that sort of shit Mm. Mm. because you are professionals yeah yeah it's getting there i think i think i think in the next five years we'll grow a lot too yeah definitely i think i think so um you were talking about Murillo in the when we were training today. Yeah, that motherfucker sounds like um, he's on some different shit. <laughs> do people? I, I, do, do you think the average person knows how? Or like the average jujitsu person knows how gnarly Murillo is? No, no, no one. No one understands. The only people that understand 
um, are like the best, you know? Yeah. The best, like, like everybody that, everybody that's trained with him understands, you know, <laughs> like Leandro Lowe understands, like Bushashi understands, Felipe Pena, they understand, you know, but, um, but the guys, no one trains more than Merlo. No one has put in, no one has put in more energy into jiu-jitsu than Merlo has. I would say, I would confidently say no one has done that. Isn't that hectic in a sport that is just like, like there's a fucking Brazilian word for working hard. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. literally a culture for harder. Yeah. It's like a thing. And to be the dude that stands out amongst those fucking savages, to be the guy that is like outworking some of the gnarliest people in the world. How do you be that guy? You got to be like, it's, yeah, I think it's a tough, tough road, you know? Like, I don't know if it's something that you really want mm. because it's, it's, it looks, it looks painful, mm. really painful <laughs> and hard and just crazy, like just crazy to be honest, but you got to respect it, you know, mm. because it is like, it is something different. Like, like we're saying, like, like the guy has not missed a day of training in 13 years. You know, I've seen him literally come back the day of a sol- shoulder surgery and come on the mats and drill with one arm, you know, just train, just trained with one arm, just like in his sling, like just fresh off the table. Like he's been in a hospital with blood infections connected to an IV antibiotic drip. He's training. Like he has someone come into the hospital and he's doing guillotines on them. You know, <laughs> it's like unheard of, like ridiculous stuff. Yeah. You know? And, um, like that he's that's why he's he's respected in the jiu-jitsu community he's very respected because yeah. um because because of yeah what he what he what he puts in and what and um you know he's good he's a good coach well you can't he knows a lot you can't fake um well you can't fake respect but you yeah. also can't fake leadership like there's no Nobody mm. that's a good leader is a mm. fake leader. Mm. If you're you're either like a shit leader or mm. you're a fucking good leader. Mm. And to be like, could you imagine the position? Like, let's say fucking Murillo goes to you, hey Levi, it's your gym now. No. I'm 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 dipping. And then you imagine the pressure you would have to feel to lead that group of fucking savages because you kind of to be respected, you've got to be the guy that can go harder than anybody go longer than anybody and set that like you said that you know a pyramid type deal and then set that standard but then be able to do it yourself or even like the mental things of not drinking water while everyone else is drinking water and getting in the shower yeah yeah it's just it's insane like he's been working harder than everybody for like you know like longer like he's been a black belt for like 13 years or something you know doing this it's insane eh yeah it's crazy um the you'd look at a guy like him and you'd think like damn there's like a hard cold man couldn't have a heart in there <laughs> but obviously it's like the exact opposite yeah no he he he, he cares like he, he has his own he has his own way of um of showing it you mm. know but he he he, he genuinely like he does like want to help. He wants to help people's lives improve through jiu-jitsu. You know, that's his, 
that's his goal mm. you know um but yeah yeah today this year was fucking last year was rough last was year it was rough on him you think oh yeah. yeah 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 it was a rough year it was a rough year because the gym you know like it was like rent in on 14th street is not cheap it was tough for every business for sure but for jiu-jitsu businesses like most gyms in new york shut down mm. most gyms in new york shut down marcelo garcia shut down really yeah wow shut down um so did he lose that spot yeah whoa yeah gyms 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 gone um a lot of gyms like big gyms in the city are, are gone unity's still going but just and because because Murillo, you know yeah. it was fucking it was um yeah it was crazy crazy times does he have like a family crazy and shit? times uh i mean he had um i mean yeah he has he has family in 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 america yeah he has family in america um but you know like he just he's just doing jiu-jitsu all day like if if you're not if you're not in the gym doing jiu-jitsu with him then you're not you're not hanging out with him really much yeah really you know it's like that you know fuck what a gnarly dude eh yeah 13 years man yeah I think it's even longer something like that I don't know that was like 13 years like 3 years ago or some shit so it's fucking so (laughs) so that that environment though like you would have had to have thought that i guess does it take the pressure off to even like or like not the pressure but take the guesswork out of being a world champion you're like oh now i'm in this room i just gotta like be the hardest worker in the room and then it's good yeah like it's very easy to gauge like where you're at you know because you can just be like okay how am i going with this person this is the best person in the world this way this is the best person in the world this way so am i going pretty good with this person okay i guess i'm here you know mm. you can gauge easily like you have a very clear understanding of exactly where you stand kind of thing you know but that being said you go into the competition and it's completely different there's a difference between like like just being good jiu-jitsu in the gym and like winning Mm. in tournament because that's that's a completely different you have to find you have to find out how to do that Mm. because it's yeah for you because um because it's different it's different the stress and the it's just different yeah it's completely different yeah the thing that the thing that i've found doing competitions with jiu-jitsu more than anything else like just the consequences internally yeah i mean the consequences of a motocross race are way gnarlier like if you get if you get that wrong like that's a fucking super bad day but you know so (laughs) so awful yeah like so externally like the consequences are gnarly but i didn't give a fuck to lose yeah but it, cool. when I like go to a jiu-jitsu tournament, it's like, like in my head, I'm not there to enjoy it. I'm not there to like, it's not fun for me. I'm <laughs> yeah. only there to win and leave. <laughs> yeah. And I don't give like, and I've said before, you know, you always, especially like local shit, it just drags out you there all day. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I want to like get there, walk on the mat and then walk off. Yeah. And then that's it. Like for I sure. just, it's only... To me, I didn't even know, like, and, and when you think about it, you're like, why do that? Why would, why would you, if it's so uncomfortable, like, why do that? But there is, 
something really crazy to be said for like making yourself that fucking uncomfortable 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. like it's it's it is empowering like when you like step into it like because after you know it's like after you even if you lose just a tournament like you feel like you feel pretty like chill after because like you feel like you've really just like conquered something you know mm. and um yeah there's something about like stepping into that and it's kind of cliche but like stepping into that uncomfortable feeling that's like that's just like so empowering it just makes you feel like you know mm. makes you feel makes you feel good or like if especially like if you have if you have doubts or something and then and then and then and then you win or something like that then there's no better feeling like that like i remember before before spider for some reason i just like i had all these um i had all these like just doubts like flooding into my into my mind like i couldn't control them like i just like kept like uncontrollably like i i just like have like an image of like me getting knee barred like me getting like tapped like while i'm yeah. like waiting in like the in the warm-up area yeah. you know to go fight and i'm like fuck like what the fuck is this shit like it just like kept popping into my head and like i'm trying to like like just you know just like focus on my breath and like but like these doubts just popping into my head and i'm like fuck like okay you know what like if I can win today, then like I can prove to myself and I can prove to everybody else like that these doubts don't mean shit, you know? And then it was like, I got like this mad motivation from that, yeah. you know, just to like overcome like this, like own self doubt and like, not just for myself, like to be able to like, be like, yo, like if, even if you're having like doubts, like mad doubts about this shit, like uncontrollably, it doesn't matter. Like like you can still win yeah and then it's it's it the win is so much more meaningful mm. you know so that win for me was like i was i was stoked about the money but i was like at, when i when i first when i first like um when i first won i was like fuck like i just felt like like incredible because i felt like i just stomped the fuck on like all those doubts like and it felt like 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 kind of fuck you kind of me kind of thing you know <laughs> fuck you me yeah 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 i don't know mm. yeah no it makes <laughs> sense i um one of the things that helped me with um and again i'm gonna fully acknowledge for anybody listening be like why are you talking to fucking levi about competing in jiu-jitsu like, no dude everyone's but, got their own coping mechanisms yeah i feel like it's that everyone would feel the same feeling regardless of the level for sure i mean like my headspace that really helped me with competitions was I would just think like, cause I just get crazy, dude. Every time I like book to compete, get like crazy anxiety, like the mm. feeling in my stomach just from booking, yeah. like my palms get sweaty just from clicking, like except book now. This is you're yeah. doing this tournament, and That's all of our local shit closes on like Wednesday night before the comp, and I just pay a late fee every time. I've never signed up, even national championships, right. ev- everything <laughs> I've ever done, I've always paid the late fee, and yeah, I've same. always fucking signed up lot because I'm like not convinced that I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And then, uh, but one thing that really fucking helped me, I was like, dude, of all these competitions that you've done, Mm -hmm. you've done them, Mm -hmm. but you've dealt with this like crazy anxiety, mad doubts. Like what happens if I'm going to lose? I didn't, I never wanted to invite friends or family Mm -hmm. because I just didn't want to fucking lose in front of people. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, this would be terrible for me. Like Mm -hmm. I just want (laughs) to do this by myself alone and like I'm over it. I'll fucking get there and leave. Yeah. But I was like, man, you've done 
all of these matches mm. you've done all of these competitions mm. you've traveled for them you've driven for them you've had these same feelings every time but every time you've competed mm. so if you're gonna do it just fucking do it yeah and that like that's the conversation that i have with myself i'm like cool. you've signed up do it don't like you're not backing out even with all this fucking crazy shit going on in your head yeah so if you know that you will step on the mat and you will mm. fucking slap hands with whoever it is mm. then don't torture yourself for the fucking week before it like, yeah what's the point you are going to compete yeah and if you don't want to compete don't fucking compete yeah 100%. and i just it sounds simple but that was like the one thing where it just seems like it made it easier for me because i just get so stuck in yeah in like exactly the same shit that that you were saying mm. <laughs> yeah but it seemed to work that's cool let's fucking show up and do it but then you can watch like you watch some people like yeah like craig mm. when he competes you're just like he just uh, looks like he does not give a fuck like i get chilling. some dudes kind of like have that gear in him too mm. right mm-hmm. just chill yeah just training but never i wonder if like because he hasn't won worlds he hasn't won 80s oh, I, I think he won worlds like purple belt and shit right yeah, Maybe. he won. He won Nogi Worlds at Purple Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess like, yeah, maybe those dudes that it, it kind of comes easier to. Maybe, maybe yeah. you need those like crazy. Because and I mean, maybe he just d- does feel it, but just masks it. But maybe you need that crazy anxiety to like push you forward. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Um, I mean, no, yeah, he's he's. Craig's a veteran, you know? Yeah. He's a veteran. He's been in the sport, like, like longer than me. He was fighting world since before me at Purple Belt. In the yeah. yeah. He's, he's had his, he's, he's been, he's been training hard and competing for a long time. Maybe you're just seeing like full on experience. Yeah. Though. You're just, you're like, yeah, you're seeing like at like the, the pinnacle, yeah, like this, the at, very at, the, end. At, the, at the sweet, at the sweet part, yeah, you know, yeah. now it's all like he's broke through, you know, yeah. but like, it's like. And Again, do you, so do you feel like you've had that moment? Um, yeah, sort of. Like, like I feel like the dog days. I mean, obviously, now training for me is it's like now it's like more like enjoyable. You know, yeah. like I feel like I've I've gotten I've gotten those lessons. You know, yeah, and it's like enjoyable. But for there's there's always gonna be like there's always gonna be challenges. Like, you know, being an athlete is hard, but but I, I do I do I do appreciate I do appreciate um Craig's like nonchalant approach. Yeah. I'd love you know, to have it's, that. Yeah, it's 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 great. Like you doesn't matter if you win or lose, like it's it's great. And really it, it's it's jiu jitsu. It yeah. It doesn't really matter if you <laughs> if you win or lose, to be honest. Like Yeah. It's chill. It's more about like creating like cool techniques and like you know, just you know, but we it's it's it was like a different mindset at the time because of of the struggle of sleeping on the mats and like trying mm. to like make it like it's it just you're just in a different mindset altogether when when you're in that position you mm. know you're not because because it's it was about because it does matter then if you if you win or lose you know yeah because you gotta get you gotta get your name out there to you know some people have to some people have to support their families back yeah back in brazil and like this is their this is their thing they've chosen that's the basket to do it you know yeah. and it's like that 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 you can't be as 
it's harder. It's much harder to be more nonchalant about it because there's a, there's there's more riding on. There's it. more risk. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you've, you know. But now it's yeah. Once you do get your name out there, and you there's there's avenues for you to take. You know, you don't have to win everything to make money. Yeah. You know, you can you can take some, you know, like and he's he's, you know, obviously he wins a lot. He's yeah. pound for pound one of the best in the world, Nogi. Yeah. You know. Um. But it's cool too with like I feel like Craig's legacy will probably be more so his personality. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I'm mean, not like I've been in jujitsu for so like a real long time, but you just see that dude doing mega personality and it's almost yeah. like he's memeing himself yeah. at every opportunity yeah. that he gets. It's perfect. And then that's created all of these avenues like dude when i first started jiu-jitsu like, i was obsessed with craig's shit yeah because i was just like he's the fuck that's the coolest dude in jiu-jitsu like there's no one that's doing it cooler than him yeah because he's it was just all personality i didn't give a fuck what he won he's yeah but he has beaten like a lot of the best in the world yeah we, at the same time yeah in like a very nonchalant manner so it's it's very appealing yeah it's true very huh? appealing yeah yeah when you're on the appealing. outside yeah yeah look, it's it's dope it's dope so yeah. whenever someone makes something look easy, it's fucking sick. Yeah, that is true. It's that is true. Um, so have you announced any of your like ADC stuff? Is that like a thing that people know that is on your radar? Not really. Is that something we're cutting from the podcast? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, I'm working like, like since I got back here, I started going and train a bunch with Lachlan and then like kind of Lachlan kind of opened my mind because um, I always thought like, Again, we're talking about this in the car, but, like, I always thought for Nogi, I had to change my game to, like, play more, like, inside, like, position and all this kind of stuff. But, um, Lockham was like, nah, you used to, like, the same, th- used to your game, like, just play, like, outside, like, position, like, like, there's these entries here, this leads to this, like, this leg lock, bam, like, they go, like, inside, you can just, like, ball out of it, bam, like, and it works, like, perfectly for my game, you know, there's just, like, tiny little things I have to adjust here and there. So that like kind of like motivated me, and then like I had this whole like new kind of like um, world open up where it was like 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 Nogi something I like it's already it's already there like I've already got like I've seen change a few things you know. But whereas before that you thought you were gonna have to start from zero. I thought I had to change all these things like change like my whole game like start playing different guards and stuff. But it's like no nah, like you just because Lachlan's game is kind of Nogi his guard game. It's kind of similar to mine, like the same kind of entries. The entries mm. are the entries are similar, you know. Now he's doing more bolo stuff as well, which is obviously even more, more your shit, more up my more up my alley. But um, but yeah, yeah. So it's exciting. Like yeah. So I'm just I'm focusing a lot on that. Um, been talking, been talking to the guys at ADCC. I'm gonna, I'll be there. What weight division do you think you'll do? Seventy-seven. Yeah. Yeah, 77. Yeah, 77 probably. That's like perfect weight for me. Do you think... um would be good to get put on the opposite side of the bracket as Lachlan. Yeah. That would, that would, that would suck. Yeah, having a um, half against Lockie. Yeah. I'm sure we can... I'm sure we'll figure it out. Yeah. Some, some way we'll, they'll, they'll sort us up good on the bracket. But, um, but yeah, and just like super... Like, honestly, like there's there's money in these, in these Nogi fights. Yeah. There's money in these nogi fights, and honestly, like a lot of the, 
a lot of these, these, um, you know, a lot of the Nogi people coming up, like, like, I feel like they, they haven't had the same fundamental base yeah. that you've had to, that you have to create, like getting to become the best in the world in the gi. Yeah. I, I think like... It's a different animal. It's hard. It's harder. Yeah. It's harder. And you ask these, these Nogi people, I'll tell you the same thing. Like, it's fucking hard. Yeah. It's hard to become the best in the world in the, in the gi because everything has to be on point. Because if you fuck up one tiny thing... Like someone makes a grip and capitalizes on they capitalize on the position completely. Yeah, you know, I'm not taking away from anyone that's fucking the best in the world. Nogi, I can feel that as but it's at fucking, a local level of blue belt jujitsu. Like I feel, I feel way safer in nogi than in the gi. Yeah. I feel like obviously working on the guard stuff. Like my yeah. guard is in trouble in the gi constantly. Yeah, because you just you lose a grip and then it's over, and there's no you're not sliding out of it, you're not at that. There's not like the sweat, it just feels dangerous. Like yeah. I feel like I have to be way more on my shit in the gi. Guard retention. If you got good guard retention, no gi, you got fucking. If, I'm mean, sorry. If you got good guard retention in the gi, you got some fucking great guard retention, no gi. Yeah, because it's hard. It's just harder. It's harder to pass. It's harder to capitalize like on on yeah. in close space. Yeah, it just is. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, that's kind of one of like the weird things in the sport, right? Is that, and it's, uh, I guess you see it in like a bunch of different sports where they're going to like these more kind of like for TV kind of, um, you know, they're building the sport around like TV and entertainment as mm-hmm. opposed to like the traditional how it started, like in motocross, like yeah, you, you race motocross, it's 30 minute motos, it's in the summer, it's two two 30 minute motos you race them for 60 minutes fucking brutal the track mm. gets rough it's it's an intense experience mm. and then you put it into a stadium mm. with half the amount of people mm. one 20 minute race mm. and it's like nowhere near as physically demanding mm. and that's just where the sport goes that's where the money goes that's mm. where but you're like to be the outdoor champion to win the motocross it's kind of like being the gi dude and no gi and you get these guys where they're like i just want to ride supercross and they make all the money and they get all the fucking they get all the all the shine it's kind of you see it in in like kind of a lot of sports Mm -hmm. you know but for someone like you that's invested your entire career in the gi Mm. And then you've like a bunch of you dudes are making fuck all money. Yeah. And then you like, see like the Nogi dudes that, you know, they kind of, yeah, like Nicky Ryan, for example, like he probably wouldn't have put on a gi since he was a purple belt. Yeah. It's fucking gnarly. And like good yeah. on him, not taking anything away from him. 100%. But it's like, it's a different lane. And like when you're on the other side of the fence doing these like brutal IBJF tournaments and grinding to like get that number one in the world spot. Yeah. You must be looking over the fence like, you fucking serious? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm coming for that Nogi money. <laughs> get yeah. that Nogi paper. Yeah, get that Nogi money. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking makes sense. Yeah, fuck it. But is that a, like a point of frustration at times? I mean, on, honestly, because honestly, not really, because I was kind of just like, I had a goal. Mm. You know, I set one goal at the beginning, at the very beginning, to become the best in the world in the gi, in my weight division, you know? Mm. That was my goal. Beat Lucas Lepre. Best in the world. Lightweight. Yeah. Beat, you know. Um, 
so I had I had to I had to focus on that like just focus on that focus on that focus on that and then yeah but now I'm just like I just want to like put on like cool performance performances you know I just want to yeah. like express like my jiu-jitsu put it out there and like I want to fight Nogi it looks fun yeah <laughs> it looks fun um it's mad fun so with um your so your black belt career so for the people that aren't like jiu-jitsu aficionados yeah so you win brown belt worlds get yeah. get your black belt and yeah. then you just rip the fucking ass out of the black belt division right until was it the finals at worlds no i got i got disqualified first was it first round? Second, second round, round. second round it was i got dq'd i got dq'd i know so that's like yeah that was but to backtrack yeah so lucas lapree is the goat of lightweight gi yeah he's the current lightweight world champion he won he won that year um yeah and then and so your your first few tournaments you end up coming up against lucas yeah so i yeah it was just yeah first was that your first one my second tournament at black belt i competed the week before yeah um just like a warm-up tournament and then i fought europeans yeah which is like one of the five majors in ibjjf and i had lepre in the final he was just like on a tear that tournament and like he was like made it to like the open weight finals and everything and um you know getting mad like media it was kind of perfect um i fought gianni grippo the fight in the semi-final yeah beat him um and then yeah coming up against lepre yeah super like i was just like it just all felt like right you know and then um do you believe in like storylines and shit like when you're you're kind of because i always look for storylines and shit and i feel like fuck this is like a this is a story like this is this is how it's supposed to go yeah it, this reads like a fucking book yeah and you know you lose more than you win yeah at worlds and then finally put brown belt and then black belt it's reads like a fucking book yeah yeah it was it was good it was good yeah it was it was amazing i just remember like just standing there like just felt this felt like 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 kind of like i felt like really solid that day you know kind of like unshake kind of thing and then um yeah beat lepre i beat that year i beat the the current i beat the person that won the lightweight world championship i beat the person that won the featherweight world championship and i beat the person that won the middleweight world championship all those three divisions that year i beat them in in the same year Arges and and Mateus Gabriel I beat them at Spider yeah and then Lepre I beat at Europeans um but but yeah Worlds Worlds was definitely like a big goal of mine so it was it was it was heartbreaking when I got when I got yeah DQ'd in the second round but looking back it was a good thing because it helped me get ready for Spider like helped help my motivation for Spider yeah mm-hmm. so when you when you beat Lucas mm-hmm. in your head did that make you the best in the world yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i'm like i'm the best lightweight in the world well i already thought that like from the beginning yeah yeah so going into that going into the tournament like going into the tournament i'm like okay no matter what happens i'm gonna leave here thinking of myself as the best in the world yeah you know even if i lose first fight i'm still gonna i'm still gonna leave here thinking i'm the best in the world but then you beating know? lucas lapree definitely makes that more of like it's in the real world now <laughs> 
yeah yeah it was definitely it was it was it was it was surreal on one hand but it also felt like so normal because i was so i was so used to visualizing it and imagining it mm. like i'd 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 beaten him so many times in my head already mm. you know or i just like had been at that level so many times in my head already because i had this kind of ritual happening you know so it wasn't like it was it was a great feeling like i was like super happy but at the same time i was like i was like used to that i was so used to that feeling already you know like (laughs) that's insane to be to get that feeling that dialed in yeah i was obsessed with it like the so like the like meditating on that feeling like that become an obsession as well yeah it it almost became yeah 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 i'd like i do it all the time if i was like slightly down or something i just like i just like imagine to like and like i try to imagine like really clearly until i'd be like tearing up (laughs) like some weird shit (laughs) dude but it's sort of like i mean fuck this goes to what we're saying in the car it takes you got like the circle of normal yeah <laughs> and then it's like everyone's the the majority of people are living in that circle that you would call normal yeah and then once you step out into weird yeah <laughs> you're weird for a minute you're weird for a hot minute sometimes yeah. and then more and more people start to step out of that circle with you yeah and then all of a sudden the circle just engulfs those people and weird's sure. not weird anymore it's just fucking another normal yeah i guess so yeah 100 percent. but know? it takes those people like if you if if no one's ever stepping out of that fucking circle yeah and everything's staying normal yeah that's a good point so i feel like you should not worry about that shit being weird and celebrate that shit yeah no i do i do i'm soaked i don't i don't like yeah now i'm just chilling though now i'm like now i'm just like i'm just so do you, know. do you feel do you feel like you have to win that black belt world championship to kind of like complete that like bookend it? I don't I don't I don't really feel I feel like I will. Yeah. Like I'm pretty certain. I'm actually very certain, but I don't I feel like I feel like last year especially like my values changed a lot. Mm. My values changed complete like I changed everything last year. Like I um I don't know. Like I value, like I think I would have changed values for a lot of people last mm-hmm. year, you know. But now, like more important, I know it's this is cliche again, but like you know, more important things to me about like is like you know, it, like um, kind of like expressing myself and like getting to like understand people and like having like close like relationships with people. Like that's kind of like human connection mm. has become like a higher. Um, value for me than like just winning just getting that world title you know so um just because last year obviously was was brought everything kind of bigger picture you know you can't be like you can't you can't be very um like uh i don't know last year's last year was an eye-opener last year brought like for sure a lot of people feel the exact same way yeah you know they it's 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 there's there's bigger picture kind of kind of stuff like not saying that you know following your dreams isn't big picture that's 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 big picture stuff too you got to do it but like i don't know that can't be i guess exclusion of all other things i guess everyone has to determine what their own values Mm. what their own values are what they value the most you know and everyone there's there's no right or wrong way i don't think there's any right 
yeah. things to value more than others. But for me personally, they changed slightly for me where it's more about like, yeah. like I said, like human connection, that kind of, what brought that on you? <laughs> that reckon? kind of shit. Um, you know, just cause the, it's like, obviously there's a circumstance there that brings it on. So you're in like this weird circumstance, global pandemic, but like, what's the thinking? Like, you know what I mean? The internal shit that pops up and you're like, mm, fuck, probably should look at that. I guess it's, I guess it's more just kind of going in depth into like the, like the kindness kind mm. of stuff towards yourself, you know, like, you know, like it, like you, it, it, you just, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself or you have to like, this is like the only thing that will like <laughs> make you happy, you know, if like you're the, mm. you know, like it's chill. Like you're doing, you're doing great. Like no matter what you've, you're doing great. Like everything's good. You're doing awesome. Like, and like just seeing like my my friends as well like you know just like getting to know other people better as well like and like kind of like like seeing like how you would talk to your own friends you know kind of Mm. thing like you would never be like like that like like you have to get this like no matter what or you're like not good enough you know kind of thing like I would never talk to any of my friends like that Mm. you know so um I don't know just I guess like being there this year like forced myself and like a lot of my friends as well like you had to like just like be there for one another because Mm -hmm. everyone was going through a really tough time so just like being there for each other um um and like being there for other people helped me like kind of um be more like compassionate in a Mm. way towards myself because I felt like like I wouldn't talk to myself like like I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to my friends like how yeah talk to yourself talk to myself like that putting yeah. that pressure on myself like I'd love like my cl- close 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 friends and family like I'd love no matter what like kind of fucking shit they did like no matter what decisions they make like I support them no matter the failures like blah 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 blah, blah. you know <laughs> not without getting like too corny and shit but like you know it's a fucking good message though yeah for sure and I mean I'm sure when the meaning like a lot of your meaning was a- attached around like winning and like being the best in the world and i guess it's probably perfect timing to kind of fulfill some of that externally and then go into this could because as an athlete there's like the next comp the next comp yeah the next comp the next comp yeah and you can stop. it's like a little um mini echo chamber and it's like if you win then great there's another comp and yeah. then you're you've got this winning mentality that you're taking into this next comp yeah. and then if you lose then you're taking you've got this now mentality from losing that you're taking into the next comp yeah but it's like it seems like the a couple of boxes got ticked over there mm. pandemic happens mm. and then there's like not as much meaning surrounding being the best in the world like oh, that yeah. kind of got taken away and then it's like, all right, well, I can't compete. That that distraction's not there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where's the meaning in this? Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds That's like. That's a perfect point. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, it's true. Like, jiu-jitsu got taken away from us completely. I didn't train for three months, you know? Really? Three months straight? Yeah, like, three months I didn't train because we are in lockdown. So there was there was a identity crisis there. Because yeah. so much of your identity is attached to this yeah. thing that you do. Like, I... I I was getting so much of my um my self validation, so much of my self esteem and everything like this from being like 
like the best in the world, you know, like, okay, I'm the best in the world. Now I can finally like, like accept myself or whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then all of a sudden jitsu is like taken away from me and it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, like it just, it just doesn't matter. Like, and then, and then it's like, it's like a bit of like an identity crisis. And like, you're like, you're like looking, you're like, Oh, what the fuck? Like, Oh, like, no, like, um, like you start, you, you find different ways to kind of like, you realize you're like, you're like enough, like no matter yeah. what, like you're just like enough because like, you know, you're just like enough. It's sweet. Like you just chill, like calm the fuck down. Like you're enough, like regardless, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, um, instead of like, it was like being nice to, to, I don't know, like being there for my, for my friends or some shit, some, some corny shit like that you know like and then that's where like whatever the meaning was that you could kind of find in jiu-jitsu like that shit that that gave you kind of and and i guess you wouldn't question it until it's taken away or you've got to get it from somewhere else if it's just there and you're doing good and you're like progressing and you're getting this meaning and it's there you're not having to search a bunch of other places for it if it's right there yeah but then when it gets taken away you're like okay now i have to like find it and and then it seems like you've just got to the point where you're like oh that thing that i got from jujitsu like you you just get that from just like being good and kind and helping people yeah i mean like like not even like i'm not i'm not gonna say like i'm some fucking saint fucking perfect kind of some shit like like just but like it's just a focus. yeah just like just but just like just being like sweet like it doesn't matter like yeah yeah it's a it's a focus like like human like just yeah human connection like for me it's good but like just just being like it's just, it's fine like you're enough like even without this like it doesn't matter yeah. like you you're just like you're enough already and then when i went back to jiu-jitsu then jiu-jitsu was like completely different like jiu-jitsu was just like yeah jiu-jitsu is just like fun for me now because like i i know like if i don't have jiu-jitsu then um you're still sweet then i'm still me yeah. you know like i still have like an identity kind of without it you know and i have like friends now you know that like met through like skating or whatever like in new york that that like barely know anything yeah about jiu-jitsu and it's kind of like you know it just it doesn't matter like <laughs> I don't know. Did um <laughs> we we cut this out if you want? But did psychedelics help you get to any of that? Like, do you reckon? Yeah, really? yeah, hundred percent. Like when I started um when I started like yeah I started I started microdosing mushrooms um like after after I lost that world title in twenty nineteen a black belt yeah it was that june i i sat that was definitely like a, a catalyst yeah okay <laughs> that's like i i i definitely changed a lot that's when my value started to change for sure yeah for sure because it was it was kind of like bigger picture stuff from there because i was just like just ha- like so happy just to like be alive kind yeah, of thing, yeah you know you yeah know? <laughs> uh, if you have microdose mushrooms before it's a good time have you done like a was there was it first <laughs> microdosing that you started on or was it yeah. did you do like a big dose and then microdosed or like so you, did you did you have like the big experience and then did the microdosing thing no so like i'd never even i'd never even tried mushrooms before i i the only drug i'd ever had was was uh just smoked weed essentially 
um, before Worlds, and it was like a week before Worlds, and for some reason I just had started having like these dreams every night about like mushrooms, like buying, like getting mushrooms and like taking mushrooms and like, uh, like I had this bizarre. I had this one dream I was like UFC world champion for some reason, but like I like I was like on mushrooms. I took mushrooms and won this <laughs> UFC. It was weird. <laughs> That's bizarre. But all of a sudden, like the week before Worlds, I got like obsessed with mushrooms from this dream, and I was like just like looking for like um. I was like, fuck, like when I get like, I wasn't even thinking about worlds. It was weird. I was like thinking about like after worlds getting mushrooms. I was like, Hey, do you know where I can get like mushrooms when I get back on Monday? Well, like, yeah. I'm, I, I gotta go Cali for like a week and then like, I'll be back. Like, do you have any yada, yada, yada. And, um, obviously when I got to Cali, I was just focusing on, <laughs> on worlds, but like, like the day I got back from the day I got back to, to New York from, from worlds, I'd already set up to get some mushrooms and then yeah oh my god i just had the most beautiful month you could possibly imagine it was june i was training was pretty good weather was great i was training i was training more than ever yeah like because i was motivated as well you know i just wanted to but it was like a different kind of motivation i had you know because i was like i was microdosing and then i'd go to training yeah and it was just like um it was just like a like I just got I just was I was I fell in love with like just solving problems mm. you know so it was like it was just really fun for me like so it took the ego out of it it took the all. ego out of like just solving problems and it was more of just like a I was getting all this like I was getting like joy from like self-efficacy yeah you know yeah. just being able to like solve problems and shit yeah I was like fuck this is like this is sick and like I was like I don't know. It had that's when I started drawing as well. All the pictures for Xanadu and stuff. Yeah, right. That was during that month. Like I never drew really before. Wow. Like I, I always drew like as a kid, just like fucking around in school because it couldn't be fucked you doing like school. Yeah, so I just <laughs> yeah. drew. Yeah. But um, yeah. When I started microdo- microdosing, I that's when I started drawing all this shit for Xanadu. All that most of the shit you'll see on the geese, I drew in like that first month of like microdosing in New York, like just like around the city, like just like just in my own world like doing training my uh drawing pictures and shit and then um that kind of like opened like more of like my creative like mind and like started taking me down these different avenues and stuff where i'm like a bit more music a bit more drawing like a bit more like xanadu stuff and just building um different things sort of just like different passions in different areas yeah it's it's so weird how that came about. I don't know. Just a fucking dream. A fucking dream. I That's was, bizarre. And I was obsessed. Really? <laughs> I was obsessed. Like I, I was dreaming like about it like every night. <laughs> no way. Like I just had like <laughs> like I just had to get mushrooms. <laughs> that is insane, dude. It's so funny. It's fucking cool. It's so funny. And then that man. Such a great time. They're a crazy. Um, that's a crazy thing because there's no like like with weed you've yeah. got to like get the plant and then you got to grow grow the plant then you got to dry the bud and then you, you got to do all this shit yeah and then you got to smoke the weed or you got to eat it and then yeah. it gives you this effect right so there's yeah. a process and weed's probably the most natural like one of the most natural drugs that you can do because you're just doing what the plant is but there's a process involved yeah mushrooms 
there's no fucking process no you just, it's literally <laughs> like what you can fucking pull it out of the ground yeah. and then just eat it and then you get the thing that it's got and yeah. there's nothing else man there's no process in my, no. I mean you fucking dry it and shit to make it you know yeah you don't even have to but yeah, you don't have to do that. You fucking can just, eat it. You fucking eat a mushroom and then like everything's right there. Yeah. Because yeah, like you can, I mean, dude, my fucking, the first time I had mushrooms, I had, it was like, uh, fuck, like three or four grams of mushrooms. So like I definitely was like tripping. Yeah, it's decent. But um, I remember having this, like a pretty um, eye-opening experience. Like I've always talked a lot, obviously and you know fuck got a podcast makes sense yeah but i always had this feeling of like i had to talk Mm. it's weird Mm. and i never like i i could be in these situations where i'd be out or i'd meet new people and then you just like don't shut up Mm. and it was all out of like and and then so that's i think that's where, where my whole like ego complex started is because I would get the like I knew that I was like oh these people think that you think you're better than what you are mm. but I just had like this weird that was like my insecurity that was like the presenting factor mm. of the insecurities that I had mm. was like okay you gotta be the vibe guy mm. you gotta make sure that everyone feels good you've gotta mm. keep the conversation going like don't let dead space don't let people get down don't let and all of this was coming through on mushrooms because we're sitting there i was with my friends and i'm sitting there and i just couldn't talk and it was like the first time in my life locked up couldn't yeah, say right. a fucking word most uncomfortable i've ever been in my entire life wow i was just like and it was all internal i'm right. just i was just sitting at a table and everyone's kind of talking and i'm just having this like fucking war inside because Tr- they're like the feeling of me wanting to talk and like add to the conversation yeah couldn't do it fuck and then i'm sitting there and i'm just i'm like what the fuck is going on (laughs) and i'm having like an internal conversation with myself Mm. but couldn't couldn't physically speak and then my buddy's like you're good i was like "Mm -hmm." just couldn't couldn't talk and then i sort of i had like that that realization that that like it's okay not to be the fucking vibe guy Mm. it's okay not to but for Mm. whatever reason dude my whole life Mm. And I never knew where it come from. And I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a negative part of me. Mm. Like I thought it was like, this is a bug. This isn't a feature of the program that mm. I am. This mm. is a bug. This is like a problem that needs to get fixed. And it's coming from like a bad place. Mm. And then I just had this thing. I'm like, you, this is just, you're insecure about it. Mm. That this is just what you feel like you have to do. And I'm like, you didn't fucking choose that. Like that's mm. kind of a bummer on your end, but you could also just like, now that you know that mm. just be aware of it and you'll be sweet yeah and then i came out of that like i just had that little combo yeah and then i was just like super happy and super fucking chilled and like that's mad <laughs> yeah and i, I carried that like wow. i, I yeah. really carried that around and i mean it's something i still i still think about a lot mm. um you know no one really likes that dude that fucking won't stop talking or you know i I love those people (laughs) i love those people because i'm the opposite yeah so like if no one talks then it's just like that we're sitting in dead silence because like i've got nothing i'm sorry like but what's going on in your head internally that makes you not want to talk i just zone out i'm i've always like just been like a bit of a space cadet you Mm. know so i'm just like kind of like but like when someone's like engaging 
then I can like be like, okay, like let's go, like you know. Yeah. So uh, so do you like when a person around you is talking heaps because it I, just yeah. like brings you brings that out of you? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I huh. enjoy. It. I, I yeah, okay. I appreciate. I appreciate those people. Yeah, but man, like so that was a mushroom thing for me. Was like that was like one of the big, like the big lessons that mm. that I got from that, and then. Yeah, I don't know that I've really taken that much out of it after that, except for like, I feel like one of the things I probably take like now when I do mushrooms is like the fit, like you can bring that feeling back mm. of everything feeling mm. okay, mm. everything being amazing. Yeah. I mean, the last time I did like a prop at like four grams probably again, I remember we were camping um, at a mate's like farm and I just there was like crazy stars fucking full the Milky Way was out like it was just this epic night beautiful and I just like took my clothes off I had a 20 gallon drum full of water for like Fuck washing yeah. the bikes and the dog and shit like that because yeah. we were riding and I just like tipped this fucking water on me <laughs> and just like had this bizarre naked shower like looking up <laughs> at the fucking looking up at the sky and and all I just took from that was like all this is right here. Like you can literally have the same experience minus mushrooms. For sure. And there's a way to find it as cool as what you're finding it right now. For sure. So I feel like I've never really had to take much else from that first time. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I kind of feel the same way with microdosing. Like you can like do it for, you can do it for, that's a good thing about mushrooms too is like it's very hard to like get any sort of like dependency mm. on the drug. Yeah. Like you can kind of like microdose mushrooms for like a month or something and then you'll be like i'm kind of good like i'm sweet like thanks like peace like you know like it doesn't it never builds like a kind of craving thing yeah yeah. or if like you like trip and you're like okay like i'm i'm sweet for a minute have you done any like bigger trips yeah yeah i i I would i would um during that month or in other times uh yeah during that month yeah at the end of it i microdosed for a month then i like had a break for like a week and then i tripped and how much did you do when you tripped uh five grams whoa yeah yeah how was that it was good yeah i had um my mom's like a is like a does like um it's like a finnish sami kind of shaman yeah right so she's my mom's finnish so she kind of like that's kind of like her sort of um religious religious kind yeah. of practice mm. that she uses and it's kind of a lot of it's like journeying um you know this kind of stuff so whenever i do it i usually i would always whenever i trip like that i just i, I really feel comfortable like doing it like with other people so i just like mm. do it in my in like my room like alone <laughs> kind of by myself but like i like call up my mom and like like do like um tell like um i'm tripping like will you like can we do like a journey and she'll like she'll be like take me on like a shaman journey kind of thing like that's insane yeah like just like from there <laughs> like usually that your mom sounds cool as fuck yeah so usually when i usually when i trip i'm like on on face like on um <laughs> on like messenger doing like shaman journeys with my mom or like just like chilling like in my room like in the dark like kind of like <laughs> and so what are you getting out of when you're doing trips on like heavier doses like that mm, just like I just want to get some sort of mm, just some like understanding you know like I usually go in with like intention to like um, 
understand something like I don't know like a like a like a good mode of like just try to like sort some sort some personal shit out you know mm. trying to like look deeper like where is this why do I feel like why do I feel like this when when this person's doing this or something like look into mm. look into that um or just usually just to like reset and like see like bigger picture stuff again you know like like we were talking about before like I usually would do it like before like I go and compete in a tournament like before I go and before I fought spider I did the same thing but I was like in Australia like with my mom and my godmother my godmother's also practices like this that's so epic she's also like into like this to I want to go do mushrooms with your mom <laughs> yeah so it's a great time that's so sick. definitely welcome but yeah my mom and my godmother like week before spider um I think it was like the last time I no no definitely no, it wasn't but um uh yeah like a trip with them and just kind of see bigger picture so when I go over to spider I'm like like I don't give a fuck like, it sure. is what it is yeah you know fuck that's so crazy <laughs> and do you, do you think it made jujitsu better like your jujitsu better it was there any like is it a technical because I mean this is like kind of one of the things too like even with meditation and stuff like mm. people want to use it as like a life hack mm. but it's like if you're using it as a like a productivity hack or if you're using mm. it you're kind of like missing the whole thing like even to say like I want to get good at meditating. It's like, well, mm. you're kind of fucking screwing the pooch like from the get go, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah. I mean, I'm sure there is a bit of like, you could see certain improvements or you could see certain things that would be like better as a result of it. Maybe. Yeah. You know, see, I, you never know if it's placebo or not, but mm. I definitely felt like I improved a lot on the creative aspect of things, you know, like I've, started working more and like I think my jutsu got a bit more groovy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the best way I describe it it got a bit more groovy it's a bit more like bit more different Hendrix. it's a bit more different now you know yeah um um but 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 yeah I mean I haven't had a chance to, to compete as much as I can show it as much as I like so yeah so do you feel like you're way better than when you competed at like Worlds last time yeah 100% yeah, see yeah. that like to me is like because hundred percent. It's almost like we don't do the same thing, <laughs> even though I've been doing jujitsu for. I can say like I've been doing jujitsu for years. Yeah, but it's like we just don't do the same fucking sport essentially. No. But it's like you know, so for me to look at like like you getting better almost seems bizarre to think about. Yeah, it's weird because everyone's getting better. Yeah, so you can't. It's hard to. It's hard to gauge. Yeah. Because everyone's, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to gauge. Relatively to everybody else, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, but you can feel that you're I've way gotten, better. I've gotten a lot better. Like, my, my whole understanding of jiu-jitsu is... Really? Yeah, improved a lot, for sure. For sure. It's, 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 it's two years ago. Yeah. It's two years, the two years before that, before beating Lepre, um, I was losing every tournament. Yeah, true. You know, so it's like, and nothing's changed. I'm still doing the same thing. Yeah. One um one thing like like to sort of steer away. One one thing that I wonder is just like, does the fucking pain go away of train? Like when you're really training. Like I just I wonder about guys at at that level. And when when we were 
when we were talking about like the pain that you can go through in motocross oh yeah that so like insane but jiu-jitsu is a different pain because it's like this daily just it's a grind like the pain is just always there it's not like as acute i feel like yeah from the motocross stuff i've definitely gotten really good at blocking out like super acute shit yeah and you can kind of cup cup um compartmentalize mm. gnarly that's so fucked up com- you know i can just be like this is in a box it's over there i'll be good like we'll figure it out that's so crazy but then it's like when you wake up every that's day so and you're like you're waking up and then you know your body does like that tense when it wakes up does your body do that when you're like you first wake up my body just sort of like like tenses up and then like you stretch out and then you get out of bed every yeah. day when my body tenses up just pain everywhere and yeah. i'm like this is from jiu-jitsu i'm not injured <laughs> i'm not injured nothing's broken yeah. nothing's technically hurt yeah but i'm hurt yeah the whole thing like me and my housemate were like fuck the cage is rattled fuck and it's like do you feel that shit or does it slowly go away it, it, it actually goes away fuck there's hope yeah it goes away um because your, your body just gets used to it your and body- what do you and you just train through it yeah you i mean you can you can your body does get used to it after a while you know just like holding yourself in like the positions like holding your knees to your chest for instance and like that kind of thing yeah it, it the more you do it the easier it gets on your body yeah and okay. that's more it becomes like more mental yeah you know you're more like it, it becomes more mentally draining like just trying to think about the positions more and stuff like this yeah know? um for sure if you're like in a camp and you're like preparing like hard hard and like then you want to be like a bit sore when you wake up in the morning and yeah. stuff like that. But the goal is just to like, yeah, the more you, the, you'll find like the more you do it, like after, especially like with the fundamental, like guard retention stuff and you can train in a way as well, like where you, you don't have to be in, in that kind of pain, you know, you don't have to be sore like that. You can, you know, you can like kind of go with the movements and then you can train, then you can train for longer and improve your technique more, Yeah, you know? So the goal is to like kind of, make it so like you're not sore like if, if you're sore it should be sore from like doing like your weights or something yeah you know but i'm i'm sore every day when i train like yeah. when i get up yeah i mean most times and and at blue belt and purple belt i was like that for sure really was, yeah always and what do pain. you put that down to always um is it a mixture between like body just general like your body's not used to the workload or do you think a lot of it is like you haven't figured out the way to train yet your you you your body hasn't gotten used to holding itself in the weird positions yet it takes yeah. a while because the positions are kind of strange like you're you're pulling your knees to your chest you're like posturing up out of positions like it just takes it just takes time but eventually eventually like your body just kind of gets used to it and then yeah. you're like and then it's your body's just your body's used to it you can pull your knees to your chest all day yeah you know? your body's just like it's just like it's just normal yeah you know and then um and then yeah but there's a difference between being sore and then being injured you know mm. in, in like sore you can like just kind of train through but injured you have to like actually like address it mm. you know you have to like you have to address it and, and like actually like, pay attention to like that and like you know maybe go see a physiotherapist and like fix that up so it doesn't like get worse but soreness you can just keep yeah and were you training. like what was your recovery sort of protocol like because i mean probably pretty limited in terms of the facilities if you just like living at at the gym so was it just like heaps of stretching did you do like a ton of foam rolling and like trigger points and all that sort of stuff like with your recovery or yeah i used to when i used to live in the gym we used to stretch for like an hour just before bed every night yeah yeah i used to do that um 
and then I would just use like the trigger balls and stuff when um the trigger balls are really good actually like the trigger balls in in the psoas the trigger balls in the in the shoulder and the and the lat they're really good yeah. for jiu-jitsu um but I just kind of use them when I get injured because I just can't be can't be fucked yeah just do like a lot of just just kind of stretching now I don't even really now to be honest I don't even really stretch yeah you have you just got that much flexibility now that it's just it's just, there? It's just you're just kind of like you just my body's kind of used to just staying in that position i what i do is i just sit in that squat you know like that um like that asian the slav, squat yeah slav squat Slavic asian squat, squat yeah. whatever you want to call it i just I, I sit in that for like 10 minutes a day yeah like right. reading the read the reading gucci main reading gucci main autobiography <laughs> or some shit that. um i'm gonna order you that book hard copy book i'm gonna sick. get it sent to your fucking house that'd be because mad. your phone cooked Yo, my phone's so fucked. I got Amazon so that shit as soon as you fucking leave. Really? Yeah. Oh man, 100%. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so that so that squat, you get in that and just you'd stay in it for as long as possible. How long could you stay in it when you first started doing that? Because that shit fucking hurts. Yeah, not long. A few minutes. Now I can now I can sit there for like, I can sit there all day. You just just like stand up and stretch. But you gotta you gotta stretch out your psoas too. Yeah. Okay. If you stretch out your psoas and sit in that and sit in that slav squat <laughs> you, for like guard. for for a bit you're, you're good yeah okay but you gotta stretch out your psoas if you're doing a lot of guard you gotta every day you gotta do like a tiny bit because um or if you're sitting down a lot and then you go on a train if you're someone that sits sits down a lot you should be trying to stretch that as much as possible and it's really easy like even if you're like in a room you just put your foot up on a chair put your hips in stretch out stretch out that psoas for like even just like even just like 30 seconds each side every hour or like 15 seconds each side every hour mm. will will do will do will do wonders you you won't get lower back pain when you when you play guard yeah it's like one thing you have to do and you won't get lower back pain yeah like what um like we were, we were half talking about it at lunch but let's say you got to coach you from 15 again mm. like what would you do yeah so i'd probably start off with the with the like guard retention fundamentals and like the base on your base on top like fundamentals you know like being able to stand like your stance like getting like a really good stance where you can like kind of drop your center of gravity like down like like good posture on top like kind of like turn tilting your your toes in so you so you can generate so like you kind of pizza your toes in so you can generate weight forwards without with bringing your weight back I'd make myself like work on like the strengthening like my my feet muscles. <laughs> yeah. So like I can like use those and then guard retention stuff. Like just cuz guard guard retention is your base, your your fundamental like your your structure from the bottom, you yeah. know? That's like it's your stance, you know, from like on bottom. So that needs to be like that needs to be on point. You know, a lot of people in jiu-jitsu this is all taught this is taught all all, all wrong pretty much you know so you need to be able to keep your knees to your chest you need to be able to keep your head and your shoulders in between your knees and you need to be able to keep your feet in good position at first you know and you got to get good at moving your head and your shoulders when someone like relative to like your legs like when your legs get moved like you move your head and your shoulders to like keep yourself in this square good position and then from there that's your safety net from guard and then you can just throw attacks you can throw attacks you can throw attacks bam 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 just like on top 
if you get the good solid stats with like your head and your shoulders it's the same kind of thing you get like your your head and your shoulders like like in between your feet sort of so like they're not dipping to the yeah. outside too much because then you're off balance you get your base really good where your where your center of gravity is really good and you're always like in solid balance and that's the same thing like it's hard for people to like getting any attacks on you because your base is good and you're good at like staying square with them yeah and then all of a sudden you can like you can like keep attacking and you've got like this this foundation so yeah. it's like building that foundation where there's like a, everyone learns like kind of opposite than like they learn like their techniques and they don't learn any guard retention and they try like one technique but every time they do a technique they put themselves out of position yeah you know and then like then like they're getting like like swept or like their back taken or something but like yeah if you have like if you have that structure first that foundation of the guard retention then like every every technique you do you stay in good position there's never there's never gaps there's never openings and you're like then you're kind of untouchable from there and then that's what you then go and build off yeah i didn't learn those those basics i didn't learn the basics for i I don't think i learned the fundamentals for guard retention until i was like purple belt from morello because no one else was showing this at the time like it, it wasn't a thing it wasn't a thing like no one and knew did, that. it was that what created like the unity style was like that such solid fundamentals for like that guard retention and then just like that top positioning yeah you see yeah everyone's guard retention there it gets gets it's crazy yeah. yeah everyone everyone's guard retention is really you won't pass it's very hard to pass someone's from unity's guard and then yeah and then from the from the top like developing like a base as well like there's no better person than than Marilla. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, do you think that like I've noticed that by I'm working this guard like this is 2021's guard season. Yeah. And it's like I feel like when I do you know if you're in specific training or you end up coming up on a sweep or whatever and you are on top I've almost found like my passing's better without working on any passing purely because I've had so many, like you're spending so much time getting like people trying to pass mm. that you sort of just do the antithesis of what mm. is, you know, getting done to you. And it kind of, cause like I'd always have this, like I'll do this first and then I'll do this second. Like I'll do the mm. top game from this point out. But mm. it sort of seems like just by really focusing on one area, you're kind of learning the, what works. And then you just like, when you're on top, you're like, I'll just do what works. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's so much knowledge there. Because, like, reverse engineering, it's sort of, like, you've got, yeah. like, you know exactly, um, yeah, you know exactly, like, if you know, if you have solid guard retention, like, really good guard retention, then you know, like, what what puts someone out of position, you know? Mm. And like, you, like, know how to, like, so, like, now I know, like, okay, if I can make their knee pass their center line, that's them being out of position. If I can, if I can get rid of their feet from facing me, and put their weight on them that's that's bad for them they're out they're out of position here too you know um and then like you get you good at like the weaknesses okay their feet are a bit high their hips are off the ground okay i'm not gonna go around them because it's gonna be too easy i'm gonna just push the bottom of their feet a bit you know mm. you push the bottom of their feet they only have they have to make their hips heavy so then you just push their feet down you go around like it's like yeah yeah so you're just like yeah 100 build building it off backwards and so you had to go to America, yeah. Essentially, to mm-hmm. be a world champ. Do you think that that's changed in Australia now? Yeah. So if you're a kid, you don't have to go to America. No, yeah, you don't. I mean, look, like, 
Tallison, best Russo White in the world. Yeah. Best Russo White in the world. But yeah, you can say what you want, but he's, he's the best Russo White in the world. 100%. And I'm, the best, I'm the best lightweight in the world. I'll say it now. 100%. Lachlan, best Nogi lightweight in the world. Easy. Best fucking, you could say he's the best heavyweight. In the world, no game. Well, he's beaten the heavyweight world yeah. champion. hundred percent. So, no, you don't. But it wasn't like that five years ago. Mm. It was not like that five years ago. You know, Lachlan came. Lachlan was at Unity with uh, with me, two thousand sixteen. Really? Yeah, we were there. We trained at Cabrinhas together. We 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 used to go around like all these, and like seeing the see because because no one knew the formula. Yeah. Back then, no one knew the formula. Like we. People still didn't understand five years ago or or six years ago, seven years ago when I first started or however long ago it was when I first started. No one here understood the formula like to, to become to become to become the best. And no one had put in that much time to get like the to get those um just like, the this the, like knowledge, the knowledge base. Just the knowledge was not here. Yeah. It wasn't here. In there was no there was no places that you could go to surround yourself with people that are that are that are that are doing that. Yeah. There wasn't there wasn't the be- best in the world person here. Yeah. It just didn't exist. Now it's now you can now Australia is literally like has the best some of the best people in the world. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like it's and you'll see like people are going to want to be in like People are going to be coming to Australia soon. Yeah. Well, dude, that, that's what was so crazy about Lockie's camp. So we went to yeah. went to Thailand. I was so green. Mm. And you go there and then there's like these people, man, were just like fucking foaming on Lockie. They just put in so much time of his sure. YouTube channel. And that, dude, he was just like this guru to these people. And they'd literally traveled from all over the world. Like the camp just made it easy. Yeah. But people, essentially, that is people traveling to Australia. Like, they're traveling to Lachlan. Didn't, yeah. didn't matter where the fuck he went. Like, these people were going to go. And, man, they'd watched every video. They'd studied all this shit. They'd got every instructional. Mm. And, you know, there's, like, a bunch of people that go and they stay at Absolute. And, you know, that's when I first met Talison was mm. before Pan Pax won. It was either Pan Pax or Nationals. I can't remember which one it was. Mm. And then, yeah, he went there... Um, to you know to train before that Mm -hmm. so yeah like there is that that deal is like starting to happen here yeah it's at man's yeah it's it's so good we're so lucky so lucky and do you do you see yourself like what do you see for your future in terms of like where you're going to be based um yeah I'm, i'm 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 not sure like new york for me is just like kind of special yeah because like I feel like when I go there, I don't know. It's something about the energy of like I just like the energy of the city. Like I kind of feel like I can just like let go to the collective kind of energy, yeah. and I don't feel like I have to be like extra. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know something about it. I, I just really like, but you know, Australia is always, always gonna be my home. Hundred percent. Like it's where I'm. That's where I'm from. You know. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I kind of, I'll always, I think I'll always have a base here and I think I'll always have 
something yeah. and something set up there but i don't think i'll i don't think i could ever i couldn't ever i don't think i can choose one mm. like this is this is yeah this is like this is my where i come from you know like my roots and stuff when you were with you being like as sensitive as you are and as close to your mum as you are how hard was it just like leaving your your family to go to new york like were you insanely homesick through that period at all um or did the goal override that shit yeah the goal the goal kind of uh, no for sure like i'm like i just call them every day i call Mm. them every day even when i'm away because i got i got um i got my sisters as well yeah like i have my mum. my mum has three other three little girls one of them's two one of them's nine and one of them's 13 and i'm like mad close to all of them so i just i just i just call them i just call them like every day and shit and um and uh and then it's and then it's sweet but there's no for sure like hundred like the the first the first couple trips when i didn't have anybody i was kind of close with yet yeah then it was like it was it was really hard just pretty homesick but after you just become like so close with everybody living with them then you have like you feel like you have a family there and you have like like a like a support yeah and then it's not as and then it's takes the edge off and then and then there feels like a home for for me now when i go there i also feel like i'm going home yeah you know because like these especially after going through everything this year with all them like they're you know i've got like family there you know like my friends like i'm super super close with them yeah and i think that there's something i was speaking about it before um on here but i think there's something that's special in jiu-jitsu or just like anything that's real hard Mm. when you're like going through something super hard with people Mm. you end up getting a bond because like yeah if you like your friends through skating and shit Mm. it's like they could look at jiu-jitsu and be like fuck that's crazy yeah but they could they wouldn't understand how hard it is and yeah. you kind of need people that are on your level to kind of like get what you're going through. And I yeah. think that's why, like, I feel that with guys in my gym mm. and it's not even close to the level of, you know, like hurt that you've been been through with mm. those dudes in, in like that gym, in that environment. Yeah. I think that Murillo definitely took some influence from some sort of military books or some shit Yeah, really? about like about like building um comradeship or some shit like that with with like a team going through these difficult times together and lead up to like a tournament and stuff there's definitely something there going on for sure he read he reads a lot i remember him saying something about it too yeah right like it's sort of like a military type deal yeah it was very it was very military-esque kind of lifestyle Mm. for sure yeah no it fucking makes sense like and you you kind of like you can't really compare it to war but you are in like a real weird environment Mm. that is like there is an element of battle that's going on like it sort of Mm. sounds romantic almost to Mm. say that shit but like it is a fucking battle and there'd be dudes that would break like you'd see guys break i'm sure like i'm sure you've seen guys come in that thought they wanted it and they can't handle it and then they break and then they leave and yeah. that happens in the military yeah yeah no that, yeah that place breaks a lot of people do you see that shit a lot for sure yeah really because the pro training was free 
Really? It was free. Anyone can come in. But it was always like most of the most days it was like empty. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was, it's it's three days a week. It's it's completely free. Anybody can come in from anywhere. They don't have to pay a thing. They show up and train. And it's a small gym, but like even on those days it would be like ten people because if you come in, then you have to do it. You have to do all of it. You, you can't sit out around. If you come in, you have to. If you if you sit out around, then you can't train mm. anymore. You don't train the rest of the the day. Wow. Yeah. Dude, this is just like just talking to you about that kind of training. You know how I say I'm doing that month. Sixty sessions isn't enough. Sixty sh- sessions is good. Sixty sessions is really good. Yeah, I don't know. No, it is. It's not sounding like it's enough. It is. <laughs> it definitely. It definitely is enough. It's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot because you got other shit going. You got yeah, yeah, that's if, true. If you if you're just literally sleeping on the mats, even sixty sessions for us is a lot. You yeah. know, we're not doing. We're, it's maybe you know, like two more sh- sessions, but they're light. They're very light. Mm. You know, just like some drilling, some light drilling. You know. Yeah. Six. It's, it's a lot. Okay, fair enough. I'm yeah. just thinking. I'm like, oh, I've sat out a round or two. I don't yeah. know if I can be doing that anymore. There's yeah. like a little. Honestly, bit. if you're doing, if you're in New York, the pro training, you, a lot of people like, like especially if it's for a camp, like Worlds Camp, like you're not doing more than just the pro training. Really, you're only doing that. Yeah, unless unless you're like, unless you're like putting in your yards like during like the colored belt season then like when you're a colored belt then you're putting in the yards you're just breaking your body kind of thing to like get that skill level up really quickly yeah but once you get to once you get to a black belt and you're getting ready for a tournament you have to just have like your body like good you yeah know, you, have, you want to be going in there fresh the so techniques actually, there yeah so when the, the closer the tournament gets like the less you train mm. so like during like this world's camp for instance like i just do like a bit of drilling and the pro training and then just chilling. But the pro training's like three hours long it's every day. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Fuck, it's the most... It's fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's fucked so, up. It's so fucking gnarly that like... It's just gnarly that you can sit here and say like, yeah, it's fucked up. I yeah. did it every day. Yeah, it was fucked. You can go... You're like, this is so fucked up, but you go back. Yeah. That's that's pretty legit. I think, but nothing... You can't, you can't emulate that old gym. You can't emulate it. Really? You can't. It's not the same in the new gym. There was something about that, just the no air, that heat. It can't be. Nothing will ever be as hard as that. And so did you carry that? Like, was that room almost with you when you competed? In yeah. In terms of like, you'd stand and look at other people and you'd be like, you're not in that room. Yeah, it's weird. Like some people like there's no, there's people who are like gritty but like a lot of people they just they they just quit so much earlier mm. you know like they break like so much earlier in the fight you know like you can see them just like give up yeah it was like if you're rolling from with someone from unity they just don't have like they just don't have like any give yeah they're just like like mad skits like they'll just go out <laughs> on the sword yeah 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 there's like like no give so that's that's a helpful that's a helpful thing to take into competition if you don't have like yeah because you, you're used to like fighting against people that have no give yeah so even if someone has like slightly bit less it's like it's very noticeable yeah you know like you're trying to like because there's little parts in like jiu-jitsu match where it's like it's like an actual fight 
you know yeah just like, great, like you're just trying to like finish that last bit of the pass and the person's just trying to like recover and, yeah. and like you know like like you've you've you're used to somebody like not having any give like ever like yeah then like you come against someone that's like not used to that they're just like they give up so much earlier it's just like oh this is easy like yeah you know so when you to have that though like so i think if i go super hard and you have that no give but then you fuck yourself for the rest of the session what's the mentality there you're just like oh well it is what it is i'm fucked now like i just got to deal with it because you just can't because like i definitely have times where i'm like i'll roll and i'm like okay cool i'm gonna be like super chill this one because i know that i could get called out by like any one of these motherfuckers next yeah and i need to be ready yeah so like do you do you get rid of that mindset and you just go hard every fucking roll and then if you are completely fucked and a big white belt destroys you then so be it so yeah it it used to be like that you know because it was still a learning process i think as well from roll as a coach yeah you know because he only started coaching in 2015 um but when Marillo's decides to do something like he's read he's been reading like five coaching books at a time for like the, the last like the whole time like, yeah he's like like just as dedicated as he as he is to jiu-jitsu he's that dedicated to coaching so he's read like every book written by like every top level nba coach every book by like every sport like that's been like a master coach yeah he's like he's read it you wow. know he's, he's so he has like he's very throughout the years his coaching has gotten much more um precise and in tune with like each individual yeah. like making sure like they're like because each individual needs to be coached a different way you yeah. know but now is way different to back then now it's like maybe once a week we roll like competition yeah you know like or like maybe twice a week we roll competition the other days he'll be like okay so today's a more technical day. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, don't be afraid to do this. Like if you get, if you, um, if it's okay to get swept, like just try to like do perfect technique, yada, yada, yada. And then some days you'd be like, okay, today's a competition day. You have to win. You have to just win. Yeah. You know, you you have to just win the round. Like, and you, and you fight like it's a competition. Yeah. You know? But most days now are focused on like being, like more technical because at the end of the day like we 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 were talking a lot before about like okay it is simple like you just train more than anybody else and yeah. like you become the best but it's actually not that that simple yeah you have to train because you got to get to training you got to get to train and you got to train you actually got to train smarter than everybody as well yeah you know because like you can't because you what will happen is you'll just end up banging your head against the wall yeah trying to break this wall yeah you know like you're just banging your head against this wall trying to break this wall but the soft part of the wall is like you have to bang here yeah. you know and you've been banging in the wrong spot and the this other person just had to bang here like you know like three or four times and it's like the wall's broken that's a shit analogy but no no no, um, no, no I know what you're <laughs> so it's like so it's like just it's like you have to be you have to be in like this working like this in like the exact right direction you can't yeah. you don't want to be going like in the wrong way working like because you know ov- obviously you're still going to get good yeah you know yeah. but you're going to get a lot better if you're going in like in the r- like working with the right the right skill the right technique the right way like training smart like working the right things yeah you have to be you have to you have to think about it too and what where would you say like 
of the the broad spectrum of jiu-jitsu people that you come across where are they banging in the wrong spot like what does banging your head against the wall in the wrong part of the wall look like to you it's hard it's broad i know but it's just like um like for like you can you can you can just go in and just roll really hard every day yeah and just not think about tech like getting your technique better not think about doing the right things and then you haven't improved as much as someone that was working specific yeah specific things now i can say all this but like it's 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 different for everybody because every every world champion has like a different way they trained to get to where they are yeah so it's 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 hard to say but you 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 got to be like engaged just engaged mentally yeah you know and like like what you're doing for instance is great you know you're working okay for this amount of time i'm gonna work like my 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 guard retention i'm gonna get that like really good like this is like a, a smart way to work and then and then you're trying to figure out like okay so how's like the perfect way for like guard retention let me let me find out from like the best people in the world you know this is smart like now you're like making like solid improvements in this time whether it's like if you just do the same thing yeah but you just go in there with like no intention and you're just like you're just trying to win every round just at any costs and like let's say the people aren't very good then um there's a ceiling to the improvement yeah you're gonna it's not you're not gonna improve as fast yeah as if if there was two years and one just tried to win every role and the other one just tried to do perfect guard attention you're gonna yeah 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 no it makes a lot of sense i think the you know one of the problems to just being like the average person is that you know this kind of shit takes so long to figure out yeah from your end and this the the time that that you spend doing it and yeah uh and so what like for just the if you would have advice for like the average dude so like okay perfect example this guy in my gym heldrich brazilian dude fucking legend nicest most humble dude in the gym he trains he's there as much as anybody and i think he he really embodies like that philosophy that you're talking about like he's not really trying to win every round like he's very technical and he just isn't like a ego sort of dude and he's very committed to his jiu-jitsu but he's got he's got twice a day to do that jiu-jitsu it's not like he's got a family you know what i mean so what does that guy do to get better if you've done all of those things right you're not trying to win every role you are working on a cert he's he's unique in the gym like his game what does that dude do to get better like above above average good you know what i mean because there's like hobbyist dudes that are super committed and really good in their own right but they've got to have a normal life Mm. Mm. um again it's a broad question you can mm, it depends for me visualizing works Mm. i like visualizing the techniques like i like to visualize um imagining like the reactions and just like going through positions that helps me like understand it like a lot and you can do that you can do that anyway you can do that in bed Mm. you know i mean i I can't speak for everybody because some people can um visualize like it's kind of is easier for them yeah but i think everyone should try yeah because if you can visualize going through the techniques and going through the roles yeah so um, you're watching roles in your head kind of thing not watching it's it has to be from first person okay so it's first person you're like imagining um going through every movement imagining 
uh, each grip. So you're seeing like your hands essentially. You're not seeing your top-down view of you and another person. You're like, yeah. it's your view. It's very important anytime you visualize that you always see first person. Hmm. You have to see first person. I feel um, like I see third person if I do that. Yeah. Just do it. Do it. Do it from first person next time. Hmm. Yeah. And then you want to go through just imagining just doing the technique perfectly and like doing the technique perfectly on the person reacting too, because mm. you, you start to understand like better, like, like this is like, I, I train like a lot, just, just like visualizing, you know, like half an hour before I sleep, I just like, I'll set like a, like a, like I'll put on like Spotify sleep timer or some shit and just put yeah. my headphones in and then half an hour. I'm just like, imagining like just visualizing um just like i'm just rolling basically you know but i'm going through like i'm just flowing through like all the positions like and you get used to like understanding like the reactions like as they step back like what you do like where your hook is and the visualizing really helps your um your your details because you're focusing on like where everything is kind of thing yeah you know? like you're imagining where your hand is like how it's gripping at the hip and you can kind of like feel if like imagining if something's wrong like what you have to do and then you can kind of think about like where they might move or even if like if you're just starting visualizing you can just even imagine just just drilling a move just like drilling mm. even without reaction because um, um they've done they've done a few studies on this you know like they i think they did it with some basketball players yeah they've right. got one group to um practice three throws three yeah. throws for a week and the other one just to do the same amount of reps just visually huh and the the group that just practiced visually like just imagining it going perfectly through the hoop every time the same amount of reps they did better at the at the on the exam test wow. at the end you know obviously that's there has to be like a lot more tests like that but there there's definitely a lot of um evidence to suggest it works and i can um give my my own testimony that it that it works that it works pretty good and do you get better at visualizing like it's, yeah you can start to see it clearer 100 percent. yeah you get you get way better at it the more you it's like a muscle like the more you do it yeah. the, the clearer it gets like yeah it gets to a point where you can like you can really feel like you like you like just like imagine like you can feel like the position like just the same as like if you're doing it yeah you, you can work that visualization muscle big time it gets good and then and then it's that's that's just then you can train anywhere you can get better at jiu-jitsu like literally anywhere you know and like some could argue that like you could get better doing that than you could like mm. rolling for an hour well there's no physical toll like yeah. you can visual you can visually roll for hours yeah but yeah no it's cool to it's cool to get you know your perspective on on this stuff mm. like it's you know because you've just put in you know they say put in ten thousand hours like dude you'd be fucking well above ten thousand hours now yeah i wonder i think i'd be actually i don't know ten thousand hours is kind of a lot it is a lot how many days is ten thousand hours ronan let's figure that out and let's see if we can do the math on this real quick yeah it's a lot shit we almost done three hours bro whoa Really? Yeah. No way. It's ten plus. sixteen days. Oh, dude, you've done ten thousand hours. Oh, uh, 
I mean, it's just like that's full days They're of like, like full twenty-four hour days. True. Like. All right, let's click into this Cora thing. All right. Okay, we've got the fucking juice here. Um, so, oh wait, I read it in the go down a little bit maybe. Um, keep going. Fuck, I go actually click back because there was whatever we want to find out is like. So go so. Um, what if uh, Malcolm Gladwell says that you need to learn something uh, or 10,000 hours this means 417 days worth of hours or 3 hours a day for 3,333 days let's click into this shit so this means 417 days worth of hours or 3 hours a day for 3,333 days a little over 9 years you're there I think I'm, I'm I'd be I'd be You're cre- creeping up. I'm, I'd be creeping up on that. It's crazy. It's a lot. That's fucking legit. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that 10,000 hours thing? Yeah. Have yeah. you ever done the math? I've tried a couple times. I'm pretty bad at math. You're fucking close, bro. <laughs> you are really close. I think I think I'd be I think I'd be creeping up this year maybe. It felt like 10,000 hours today. That's what that <laughs> felt like. It felt like, you know, we were all like, oh, this feels like 10,000 hours of jujitsu on top of me right now. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon within the next year I'll be there for sure. That's a fucking crazy, crazy statistic. That's crazy. So much. Do you have a, um, do you use like the one app for meditation? Yeah, I use the, the Plum Village app. Oh, I don't know that one. No, it's just, it's, no, it's just, all it is is like, it's just, it's just like a, it's like a, it's, it's a 20 minute timer. Yeah. Okay. It's just a 20 minute timer, but there's intervals. There's four intervals with like, like with like a bell. Yeah. It's like a bell. Yeah. And then like, for some reason that just helps me like finish the 20 minutes. Yeah. That shit does make a difference. Yeah. Like knowing when halfway is and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have like a tally of like days that you've spent doing it? It does. It does. It's, it's, it's pretty basic. It's not like it wouldn't be like, it's free. Yeah. It's not something like Sam Harris's where it's like all these, um, in depth, like guided meditation stuff and stuff. Yeah. The, um, they have some of those though. They have those. It's, it's pretty good app actually. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the Sam Harris app though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, I just read the book. His book was what kind of got me started on the whole road into like, I'd never really, you know thought i didn't really know what any of it was to be honest until i sort of went went into that but yeah he's got like the the timer you can see like exactly how many hours you've spent meditating and it's pretty gnarly like because i i think about that ten thousand hours a lot there's there's people that have done it like well for sure yeah i mean there's a lot of people that have done it but that's one of the so work dude it'd be be work as fuck (laughs) be weird because like do you feel um do you feel different after that year like you kind of seems like there was a bit of a shift in like consciousness do you feel different like just day-to-day different at times since since uh, last year yeah since you went through like the mushrooms thing and then to go into the you know to start doing like the mindfulness and all Mm. that like do you and then you've kind of that compassion part of your body's woken up a bit like mm. do, do you feel different yeah 100 percent. like it's weird to yeah. think about right yeah i mean like yeah i mean i feel i just feel more like content with like being like not content or like just like yeah well i just i just don't i i don't know i'm still i'm 
I'm a work in progress. Still a work in progress. <laughs> well, three hours, bro. Sick. I really appreciate you. That's time. impressive. That just flew by. Yeah, it did. It's probably yeah, probably the nicotine gum. <laughs> <laughs> I um I really enjoyed today. I um I appreciate you taking the time to to train with me as well. No, it was so it was my pleasure. It was a great time. I had yeah. a great time. It was a really cool experience. Um, to yeah, someone that's so good and you know put in the to- like the time, just to you know see what that is. And personally, I mean after training, I said when we drove off the uh, away from the gym, I was like, fuck, I really want to train. Like I've got, yeah. I just got to get better. <laughs> like this just isn't good enough. It's uh, a good feeling. And uh, but man, like after hearing your like the work ethic that goes into it and you know like just trying to take away what you can do as an average person not everyone can do what you did you know and and Mm. you can't expect everybody to do that but Mm. people still want to improve and people still want to get better and be like the best that they can be within their given circumstances for sure and i'm definitely inspired by just hearing about how hard you work and i know that i know that there's like so many areas in my own life and jujitsu that just after listening to you and what you've been through and what you've accomplished that there's so many things I could do better and that's just from listening to you so I really appreciate you no I really appreciate that that's really nice (laughs) no it's just and I hope that yeah people that listen if you're into jujitsu um take what you can and I think yeah understand that not everyone can just fucking drop life and and go into it but oh, for sure you can still everyone can work harder mm-hmm. everyone can and uh there's i think you've it's easy to say that you're like yeah well, you just gotta fucking put in more work but it's like you know those little details that you know i feel like you've really given a lot to just this chat you know and the people that'll be listening to it and uh and cool. I, I personally really appreciate that that's fucking cool thank you so much for having me i was like so much fun I had a great time talking with you. <laughs> well, we can do it whenever, whenever. It'd Mad. be sick to get Talison in here. I know, like, yeah. you know, his English isn't... No, his English is fucking good. Yeah, I know some of those dudes, like, even though it is good, though, like, they don't think that it's that good. No, Talison's a, he's a, he's a confident, he's a confident he guy. He is? Yeah, yeah, he's... We should get Talison in here. Yeah, we gotta get Talison in here. Be cool. Yeah. He's a fucking G. For sure. Well... That would be great. Levi Jones Leary. Thank, Thank you so very much. much. Thank you so I much. I really appreciate me. it. You're the fucking man. Thank you so much. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.